done whole parts. Take little tiny pieces. There won't even be a scar. I think I found the problem. Come on, you're the doctor. Everyone, lights out and quiet. And I have my own podcast. It's not. It's not boring. I have my own <laughs> podcast. Okay. It's, Welcome, folks. That'll that'll come ju- back later. I just want to record the podcast. <laughs> I just want to record the podcast. You're not going to believe this. My twenty dollar bill flew out the window <laughs> <laughs> while I was recording the podcast. Yeah. Welcome back, folks, to the Media Morgue, where uh, entertainment comes to get an autopsy. Mm, that's a mm, new that's uh, a our new, new tagline, uh, courtesy of uh, of Marissa. Um, media our new manager. social media manager. By the yeah, way, yeah. we're on TikTok now, so give us a follow. Uh, we're going to be bol- bolstering our social media presence because we have help in that department now. So thanks very much to you, Marissa Tappy. Golf claps, golf claps. Uh, but yes, we are here to talk about Martin Scorsese. Um, Big Marty. Big Marty. Big Mart. One of the great directors of his generation, if, of any generation. If not the best American director who's ever lived. Maybe. Maybe. There, he's up there. It's, it's a conversation. He's got to be the most active, right? Yeah. If not, Spielberg. I mean, yeah, I was almost said Ridley Scott. You know, Ridley Scott this week was like, you know, I don't even think about dying. I made four movies since Ridley he's made Scott's Killers or the Fire Movie. Bad Boy recently. Yeah. I'm like, he's, it's he's like, dude, dude, dude relax. You you made Exodus Gods and Kids. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said something relax. recently about how like when he makes like historical like uh, epics and like uh, historians are like, well, this is not accurate. And he's, he's like, like, shut up, shut up, up nerd. nerd. <laughs> shut exactly. up, you fucking. You weren't there. He's he's trying to he's gonna start wearing uh, he's gonna start dressing like Nathan Fielder on his Kimmel Probably. appearance. Probably never uh, never too late to assume a bad boy image. No. Yeah, you know? no, I mean no. he's so an inspiration to us all. I am uh, I am Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte, and I'm <laughs> okay. joined by my fellow surgeons of cinema. I am Nathan Fielder. Uh, I am uh, Robert De Niro, but only between the years 1985 and 1994. Okay, got it. Yeah, that specific time. Good to have you. <laughs> you're uh, not you're not bad grandpa. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the, His masterpiece. I could never I could never think to live up to that. You're not you know? grudge match De Niro. <laughs> um, Someone was like De Niro alternates between starring in dog shit and the most important <laughs> movies of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we are talking about um like like I said up top Martin Scorsese specifically his most recent film Killers of the Flower Moon, and one of his earliest and littlest known films, After Hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dark Horse of his filmography. Dark Horse. Yes, of course. Which uh, maybe is my favorite that I've seen. Hey, hold it's, on. It's, it's, it's in <laughs> the stay conversation. Tu- stay tuned After for the tier List. After Hours has to be the one that like people discover the most. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody tells you, you got to watch Goodfellas and, and Casino and Taxi Driver and stuff, but like After Hours is the one that like people on their own are just kind of like, wait. Here's a little chestnut. We'll get to it, Justin, because it's it's up there for me. Yeah, uh, I saw mm-hmm. I saw it for the first time very recently. I walked outside and I texted Dan, and I was like, "You saw it in theaters." I saw it in theaters. Wow. Yeah, um, but yes, before the reviews, we have the news. We have yeah. the um, news. I I have something that I just discovered, and I'm and I saved it so that I could hear Wes get upset on air. Um, Creed Four in works with Michael B. Jordan back to direct. Producer Irwin Winkler says. <laughs> This is from Deadline. Who's I, I was, was going to say, Wait, I, I was going to say, didn't he die in the last one? But I was thinking of John Wick. <laughs> Wait, but he died. That's 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 Creed Four. Is he fights John Wick? Make as well. Listen, I like Creed Three. Uh, we have a review of it. We do. Uh, what? Well, well, why? Well, let's see what Irwin has to say. Exclusive. Um, this is written as of November eighteenth by Destiny Jackson. Hey, Destiny. 
Exclusive Creed 3 producer Erwin Winkler said Saturday at Deadline's Contenders film Good Los name. Angeles event that Creed 4 is in the works with franchise star and Creed 3 director Michael B. Jordan to helm it. Quote, we are planning to do Creed 4 right... I don't know how he sounds... We're planning to do... We're planning to do Creed, Creed 4. Creed 4 right is now. Is this Brando? Or no, this is Erwin Winkler. <laughs> Even though that is Can my Brando. Is that how he sounds? I have no idea. Erwin Br- Winkler is a great name. I, I stole say. the rights to this franchise from Sylvester Stallone. Yo, Sylvester Stallone hates that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Sly, would you do another Creed? He's like, maybe if that fuck is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sly's got to be like delivering pizzas these days, right? He's not making any royalty money or anything. You imagine you're like waiting for a pizza to come to your place and you get a call and it's like, hey, you can't find your driveway. And it's fucking Sly. Hey, you, hey, you, you gotta make the lights. You gotta make the numbers more visible on your home address. I can't, I, I've been driving in circles. I can't find the place. Yeah. Imagine you're Sylvester Stallone, right? And, and you made Rocky. And it, yeah. you were living out of your car. You had that shit in your trunk. And yeah. all these years later, nothing has changed. Bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all these years His later. of a reality TV you show. You now have sure to do. put your daughters sure on reality do. TV. He was in Expendables 8, whatever number Expendables <laughs> were in. Those exist. Yeah. He's, got, exist. Uh, he's got the, uh, uh, oh man, this is bad that I can't remember the name. <laughs> Tulsa King. On Paramount Plus, okay. his like his like crime thriller s- series. Is, what, is, is he that? in the lead? Yeah, he's what is the mob boss. What is he's, the he's playing King. a mob boss, like a like hey. a guy who just got out of prison. You know what's so funny? Um, Sly, out of the slammer. Sly, <laughs> he's almost he's almost been in. He was almost in the first Godfather, but they looked at that shit and they were like, what, "What's he saying? I, what's I, happening?" I, I heard <laughs> that like had he, I guess this is like bleak or whatever. But had he either like retired young or like died young or something, we would have thought of him as one of the great like unsung young actors. Because think of think about this first blood and yeah. first rocky are very yeah. like naturally he didn't do demolition vulnerable, man vulnerable performances. Well, at what point at what point do you think is the cutoff probably yeah, rambo know. 2 we're, right rambo 2 yeah <laughs> where, where, where it's like everything that the first movie was like fighting against he is does, now what the franchise is he does going rambo. back to vietnam and murdering people and he does rambo 2 like and having so much fun doing and it and those conversations threatening what what do you think the cutoff is for uh schwarzenegger you think it's the second terminator when he starts talking I think Commando's pretty fun. Like or it, it, Predator is fucking. It a depends. Movie. Like, is it is it do we because his comedy career is also needs to be taken into account. Yes, he's great in Last Action Hero. And yeah, maybe yeah. that if he if it was after that. Kindergarten cop? I, I, know. I know he was a, you know what, man, Kindergarten Cop's kinda my shit though. <laughs> I, I kinda <laughs> like that movie. I don't know. I always felt like he sounded kinda in lieu of sounding tough, always just kind of seemed to sound confused to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the way he screams and stuff. He but see, kill he the dinosaurs! Like, the chopper! <laughs> the uh, ice age! There is no bathroom! Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Creed Four. Uh, yes, this is to say, uh, uh, Winkler went on to say, we have a really good story and a really good plot. We got a little delayed because of the strikes, but about a year from now, we're going into pre-production. Yes. You know what? Uh, you guys know Creed is one of my favorite movies. Yeah? The first uh-huh, Creed. It's uh-huh. a very important movie to me. Um, I will say, if it's about Adonis having to finally confront one of his dad's other kids, that I'm in. Mm. I think that's interesting. Mm. Because in every movie, it's kind of been him having to confront a different aspect of himself. You know, yeah. in the first one, it's his dad's legacy. Second one, it's who killed his dad. Third one, it's uh, his childhood. Yeah. And if it's the fourth one, it's like literally like I have to reckon with there's someone that is like me, but they're maybe the legitimate son of this guy uh. that I didn't know. Maybe that's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I have faith. I like all three Creed movies. I think they're all solid films. I think the first one's exceptional. If Coogler's producing, you know, it's cool. It's all good. Why do you think he doesn't want to shoot those anymore? 
Kugler? Yeah. Because he's got uh, Kevin Feige's hand around his neck. <laughs> but, but is he is he even doing more MCU? You know, that's a good question. I Kugler, an, another one of my favorite uh, directors. I think, I, and I don't want to surmise about stuff I don't know. I would assume what's happening is he probably had a deal that was like, I'll do, I'll do as many Black Panther movies as you guys need. Right now, we're in a kind of a gray area of. They they had a few wrenches thrown into the machine there over the over the past few years. There was there was a rumor that he might he was on the short list for Secret Wars, which it just mm-hmm. just doesn't seem like something that he'd be interested. Well, well in. they fired the guy who had the. No, job that was Kang Dynasty. So this is actually so, a great piece of news. So it's uh. going to be Kang Two Secret Wars. So a re- so okay, so this will be a great way to lead into the Marvel news extravaganza. Um, so. Da- da- Daniel Dustin Cretton, a really solid director who did Shang Chi, mm-hmm. uh, was originally going to do Shang Chi, Wonder Man, Kang Dynasty. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it seems as if and in the Kang Dynasty writer was fired a couple uh, last right. week, and now Dustin Daniel Cretton left Kang Dynasty. Right. So it seems as if, without trying to surmise too much about studio back uh, back channeling, it seems as if. It's not going to be Kang anymore. It I seems like they'll probably go right to Secret Wars. I also feel like since Simu's Simu Liu's reputation kind of got tanked, that there's no real news on a Shang Chi follow up. Well, Dude, he gets clowned all the time. He, there's he, that picture. His, his, shit, his shit got tanked it though. Man. When they found his like Reddit and he was like talking about women on like his Reddit and stuff. Like, Dude, there's a there's a picture of him not from a the Men look. of the Year. Um, like you know, everybody has a photo op for the Men. Ryan of the Year Gosling thing. didn't even want to get a picture. So with they him. they had a picture of him. Yesterday, from the men of the year thing, and he's wearing a suit. And he has a he has like a cast on. It's yeah. so it's <laughs> what happened? Why did you? I don't know. Someone was like, "Just leave your ass home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is again from Deadline. Um, we love Deadline on this show <laughs> for our entertainment sure. news. Uh, Deadline hears that filmmaker Destin Daniel Cretton has decided to step away uh, from Kang Dynasty to focus on his other Marvel projects. This is an amicable exit, I understand, as Cretton remains fully in the Marvel Studios family. So I, yeah, I think it's a, it's an indication that they're they're leaving Kang behind, yeah. and I think Kugler. I mean, just to kind of wrap that up before we go full Marvel, it's disappointing. We had this conversation even about like Barry Jenkins. Yeah. Like you get two of the most exciting new black directors and just directors. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. and then they're like immediately. This goes for Nia DaCosta as well. Kind and of immediately. Gerwig. Yeah, like su- funneled into some sort of IP thing because Barry Jenkins is doing The Lion King and yeah. and it's like when will he be back to making Neil Street? When will Cooper be back to days, making Fruitvale? Like like yeah. Dino De Laurentiis and stuff. Well, those guys in the eighties who, who like would fund like you know. Uh, trash, like trashy horror movies, and then, oh, Blue Velvet with David Lynch, a little prestige, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, we don't really have producers who want to, like, as many, as much as we used no, to, but like, I think you're right. on the interesting new projects. I also think that the track for directors, I mean, in, in, in all of us are at the beginning of our career, we don't know how the industry will change in light of the strike ending and stuff, but it seems like the track for directors has kind of become one way. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you want to continue to make stuff, you make an indie movie, you do... A slightly larger movie that's maybe light IP remake reboot one of those, and then you get swallowed right into the IP machine. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes you get a you get someone who can really do something. like you know Creed is IP technically, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but it's kind of a reinvention of it. Yeah, yeah, Black true. Panther is IP, but I think most people like that movie a lot. But I think it's unfortunate that it feels like the only pipeline if you're not Jordan Peele is one great indie, mm-hmm. another mid budget. 
and now you're making fucking Star uh, Wars. Well, Star Wars. You it's know? always been this way, but like now more than ever, like people need to do shit that they know for a fact is gonna make money. Yeah. Because now when when something is a bomb, it's it's not like you know when something would play in like maybe a thousand theaters does not make that much money. It's like all right, well tax right off and on to the next. Like now it's like when something bombs, that's like that looks very bad for like yeah. a studio I, and. I yeah. mean, we we you know. this this is you know kind of piling on uh, the rabbit, but Warner Brothers just canned that Wiley Coyote dude, movie, dude. That. That, that was dastardly. <laughs> oh my that god! That is the most brutal shit I've ever read about. I was watching like the cast, like behind the scenes, yeah, like yeah. those sets that they made to like look yes. like Looney Tunes, so, and, like, a real live action know, like Looney Tunes. You know what movie the pitch was? Like Looney the Tunes? pitch was like a, a spiritual like successor to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. What if he uh, came to the real world? There were, but there were like all of the everybody. They were like, and this never happens. They were like, every single test audience was like, this is a great, this is time. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We love it and. And, and and it was so bad that a bunch of directors and producers canceled, canceled their generals yeah. with Warner Brothers. Warner Bros. should should really take like a fucking L for this. Like, like they should get like punished. I also don't this. understand like how they'll like they'll can these movies movies like this where like clearly people are responding well, yeah. but then they'll spend like six years and however many millions of dollars trying to keep kill this uh kill the Justice League alive. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Suicide Squad game that like Clearly was fundamentally it, can, broken. Can we even say that that's like the same team? Like their game, isn't it? Like because because I know dude, that it's, it's like Warner Bros. Games. Now, dude. Uh, it is, yeah. But I mean, I feel like with games like that, you might actually be employing more people, so that's, that's probably yeah. even more legally nebulous. But mm. but I mean that that game, they're still trying to garner well, it's, excitement it's out for, for that. Pre-order now. Well, well I, I mean, with a developer like Rocksteady, who who people used to. Yeah. The fact that like this 360 happened is yeah. like kind of historical. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I mean? I've never seen people switch up on a developer like that. And, and, and also, right. and also, you know, uh, Captain Boomerang you, isn't throwing boomerangs. Really? No, he, he has uh, <laughs> he he's a weapon specialist in the game, and he cycles between assault rifles and grenades, like and everyone else. Ballistics. Like everyone uh, else on the team is good at and guns. Then I think he the boomerang throws <laughs> boomerangs. <laughs> I think the boomerang is going to be like a Fortnite emote where he just kind of tosses it and catches it and poses and yeah. does like a cool pose. Uh, but doesn't really that use it. that that game. I gotta tell you, it doesn't even look like a real thing. No, it does. It, it looked like it was designed to be a Superman game, and then yes. they thought it over. Was and it not? Like, All right, well, everyone's gonna want a Superman game to be more than just like a city. So I guess we gotta can this and make it ground level. Yeah, heroes. it's like you're playing Kept in the, the ruins of the of the and, ruins. And of also Metropolis. the rumors that it might be connected to the Arkhamverse. I think. Well, it's it is. Pre- yeah, it's, it, it's the same Harley Quinn. But, but like, wh- I think it's Kevin Conroy's last. Did, did yes, Harley, it is. Did Harley. Did did the Harley Quinn voice actress get canceled? Or am, or am I Tara Strong? Is it Tara Strong? Yeah, but she's the original. She's not the one that's playing it. Okay, now. she's not the she's not the one in the Harley game. Sorkin so. was the original, yes, see, and then yeah. Tara Strong took over. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jeez. speaking of casting, uh, this isn't exactly confirmed one hundred percent, but staying the, in the smartest center. man in the world, <laughs> Reed Richards. <laughs> <laughs> did they get the rest of the cast too? Uh, yeah, there's so there's the strong rumors that it's yeah. Vanessa Kirby. Is J- Joseph yeah. Quinn. The popular the popular choice for Reed Richards right now uh, for the studios is Pedro Pascal. Which Wes said something interesting. Interesting feels like the the first and second choices said no. Yeah. Oh, let, let me let me let me not that this be, up. not that he's a bad no, no, actor. No. I think Pedro Pascal is a, is a great actor. The I thing is, he's going to be stuck in that machine for ten well, years. Well, that's well, that was a big thing someone said. But the by other the time he escapes Marvel, they were like, like he's 70. in his mid forties. By the yeah. time he, he someone you know kills Reed Richards off in ten years, he's going to be in his mid fifties. But but and we're all going to have kids. But <laughs> we're we're not going to have time for Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Wanda. I have kids too. <laughs> uh, no, I, I. Here's the thing. 
Justin knows. I, man, I love I love Pedro Pascal. I think he's the best part of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think he's a war, he's, he's in Game of Thrones. He is. He has Didn't a one that. season kind of uh, walk away with the whole show role. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great actor. I think he would be great as any number of Marvel heroes, not the least of which. Wolverine, maybe uh, be interesting. Uh, Short King is Wolverine. Uh, yeah. Gambit, uh, he could, he could, he could be, and you know, in twenty Forge, years, he could be Forge. Any number of characters he could be. I think he is too hot <laughs> to be Reed Richard. He is too much sauce. Yeah. I think he's gonna be, he's gonna be good. It's like it's not, he's not gonna be bad, but it's like. He did one of my favorite performances of this year in that short film he did uh, with uh, Ethan Hawke. Yes, I've heard um, about this. I didn't watch it. Uh, God, what's that called? Strange. Strange Way of Life. Yes, yeah, yes. it was really cool. I, I think Pedro Pascal is great. I, I, I worry about this Fantastic Four movie because it feels like Marvel is more interested in getting the biggest names possible than trying to really cast those roles. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, and then those big names then moving forward change what people's associations with the with those roles and, are. And it's clear that they're trying to get a downy. Like it's clear uh-huh. that that. W- and we talked about this, Winley. It's like, you know, I think what they want is they're like we've realized there's a Robert Downey Jr. sized hole in this. We need another smart, funny guy. Let's yes. get Pedro Pascal to do it. Mm-hmm. He's the same age Downey was when he got the role. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like. I get it, but it's also Reed Richards is like a fundamentally different character. He's and like the a, the rumor for the rest of the the cat. These are interesting too. Yeah, it's Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, which is pretty good. I think that's solid. Uh, Joseph Quinn uh, as Johnny, Joseph which Quinn, who almost bagged Doja Cat, friend of the show, Doja Cat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the guy from the Bear, yeah, yeah. Cousin. cousin from cousin. the Bear. I like yeah. him. I like. I mean, whose, whose name escapes Ben? Me. Ben. I, th- I mean, I love Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm, my 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 king from Brooklyn. But, uh, <laughs> so so he's gonna be like out of a mocap suit for like. 20 minutes probably Dude, and I mean then the like rest is going to be they're going to be doing Ruffalo with him Ruffalo and Endgame Uncanny and Strange I he's he's like signing autographs in a diner why wasn't it Nicole Bahari and uh, Mason Gooding M- Mason Gooding was uh, angling for Johnny he was. Storm he, 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 he made that Instagram post and then he uh, said flame off yeah. <laughs> after yeah. he didn't get the role like Mason, that's unfortunate. Come on, dude. and then they have they've talked he's about too busy uh, getting stabbed a million times. He's too busy uh, kissing living. Jenna Ortega. And <laughs> Good for that getting guy. stabbed a dozen times and walking it off and living 18 times. But I think you, like, <laughs> you crawl back from the jaws of death if you knew Jenna Ortega was waiting for you. Uh, I don't know, they need I, to I, fucking I mean, start killing people <laughs> off in those movies, man. I would, he's like, he was like floating away. And then <laughs> he said, Wait a minute, hold on. By the way, Courtney Cox also lived and roll credits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I, uh, when they're like, There's another body in there. <laughs> they like roll him out. Um, Bardem, Javier Bardem as Galactus. I uh, like it. Allegedly. Very strange. I like I it. Think the it's the idea of, of a big CGI Javier Bardem uh, just like <laughs> looking down at everybody with his like trying to eat a map. planet, doing his <laughs> yeah. skyfall performance. Don't mix it in with the other planets. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it just becomes a planet. He's like, yeah, Which now, it is. now they only <laughs> eat rat. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like that though. It's, yeah. it's actually ever since um, Benicio del Toro was cast as the collector, it's cool to see like you know these sort of like you get actors like that who are really good at digging into character to do like one movie. Yeah. I mean, they bring the collector back, but he clearly is having fun with the collector. He gets even packed though. up though real fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets his neck snapped by is Thanos. Is he alive? He, he no, gets Thanos his kills him. In, uh, yeah. Thanos Off screen. Yeah, <laughs> Off screen. Don't yeah you don't even happen. see him die because he creates a fake version of him. And then yeah. He, I see. Yeah, I, see. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, Willing I, to play I, ball with Disney. That, I, that Bardem, he was just in a Little Mermaid. 
Who do you want for Surfer? It was not very good. Oh, um, and, and, and we have to do a Nando V movies thing. We have to think about people that are already in the Disney machine. Uh, that dead. you could pull over. Yeah. The Silver Surfer. Um, Diego Luna, maybe. He did. Diego Luna. He did what about Diego Calva from uh, Babylon? I like that. I like that guy. I haven't seen He would have been a good read. Um, Is he old enough to be read? He's like in his mid 30s. Okay. Yeah, he's Vanessa Kirby's age. Huh. Yeah, I think. Um, I think age-wise, Pedro Pascal's a pretty good yeah, choice. No, he's good. He's good. Because Reed should be a bit of a silver fox, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to have kids in the movie, too. I think they're going to bring his kids They in. shouldn't do that. That's too much. Cool. Well, because aren't they going to start it like uh, First Avenger is going to be in the 60s for a lot of it? Yeah, I think he's already going to have kids. Because they're going to have to make Franklin... They're going to do the Franklin Richards thing where he's a mutant. And they'll mm. use that to tie it in. Uh, but yes, go ahead. Yeah, Surfer, I'm not sure. I, I've, I've heard a lot of the fan casts, um, but I think... There's been a lot of looking back nostalgia about the original Tim Story Fantastic Four movies. I like those movies. And how like decently that had a good well cast they are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Yoan Gruffitt is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he was very Glenn Howerton core. He <laughs> was. That's probably why they couldn't cast Glenn was because he was too similar they, they to They keep circulating guy. this scene where he's at his, uh, yeah, bachelor, his bachelor party, party, party and he expands <laughs> his fingers <laughs> and the girl on the right, her eyes go wide they and realize how big his fingers are. fuck him so bad. And she goes, she goes, you're so smart. And he goes, well, thank I appreciate <laughs> that. I don't even care about pussy. I just um, care about physics yeah, and stuff. I think like, the way <laughs> My they wife is Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> the way they did Surfer in that, where they had a, a physical performance and yes. then a vocal performance. Du- Duncan Jones. Or is it Doug Jones? Doug Jones and Lawrence Fishburne, I thought was Doug really Jones, well done. Doug Jones, that's interesting. Yeah, he's yeah he was I, a surfer. I remember I remember having a... Sur- I, I really loved those Tim Story movies. My dad and I really bonded over them. But I remember distinctly having a Silver Surfer toy because I was so... And I kept repeating the lines in the movie where he's goes up against Galactus, he's like, I will no longer serve you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the end for us both. Yeah. And then he like goes inside. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, 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 this yeah. This is the coolest guy It's ever. good stuff. I, I won't, I you know, that uh, Silver Surfer is one of my favorite comic characters, so it's hard for me to choose um, someone who I think could represent. It remains to be seen uh, how the rest of this cast will fill out. But, but we you think know. Surfer's going to be in it, right? He's got to be. If, if Galactus, Galactus is there. I mean, in other news, Grace Randolph being a giant racist was like, yeah. she was like, you can't cast Pedro Pesco. That's a news item. They're both yeah. Latino. Let me channel my impression. But, but I can't tell them apart. <laughs> but, I, but I can't tell these, these, these men apart. They look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> Undoubtedly, they will look the same to mass audiences. <laughs> the, the crazy thing about her uh, flagrant <laughs> racism. Other than that, Dude, she, she she gets racist a lot. She by gets the way. racist all the time. <laughs> but the thing about it is, like, there's one thing to say. Pedro Pascal has so much sauce. I wouldn't buy that his wife may run away with Namor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another thing to say. Like, we can't cast him because they're both Latino. <laughs> and it's like, what? You said this on a stream, yeah. and everybody yeah. was just like, oh, there goes Grace that's again. That's Grace. That's yeah. our silly, that's like, our, that's our fun silly grandpa when he talks about <laughs> killing fucking Vietnamese people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's our silly Grace. Yeah. Stay prayed up. Uh, but, uh, so, yes, Game Awards? Ga- well, well, let's, let's, let's segue into that. I wanted to briefly talk about our king, the king of the podcast and the king of my heart. One Nathan Fielder. Oh, the best. Um, right. The best. We, I think we're all pretty big Nathan for you fans. That has to be top three funniest oh, shows of all it, time. That's that's a that's a great like Netflix yeah. and chill. That, that one is actually more approachable in the rehearsal. You kind of have to watch Nathan for you first right. yeah. to, to like to like, to yeah. get like his whole shtick. He's kind, yeah. of, he's kind of riffing on that persona in the. rehearsal. I cannot tell you how many times after a date we've gone back to my place and all reliable has been Nathan for you. <laughs> my, Nathan my, for you is all reliable. My, but but the new thing is he has this. 
show the curse this follow up to so he, he's he's dabbling in different little uh comedic subgenres yeah. uh, uh it's like horror comedy the rehearsal was kind of like a, a docu like a reality like uh yeah. like kind it of starts as like, like a what would you do riff sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, it becomes like a very like like it, it just goes deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole and gets more and more uncomfortable, it, actually. It, it, I think that's part of why it's so special. Yeah. You, you know, it's how uncomfortable you know, that show and gets. And you might punch me across the table for saying this. You know who he reminds me a lot of? Who? David Lynch. Okay. No, I could see that. He's he's like uh, if David Lynch was Canadian and also, <laughs> and, and also like couldn't really do it as like a stand-up comic because that that requires a different mode of yes. being funny. Yeah. But he had to be funny in the way that David yeah. Lynch is yeah. funny. Like yeah. in interviews and stuff, how it's, he's just kind of off the, the cuff, like says funny shit. Is kind of like if the Safdie brothers produced. I've yet to movie. watch it now. Oh, it's so but, funny. But I, I watched the rehearsal all the way through twice. I've probably seen Nathan for you all the way through like a million times. But like the curse, I'm very excited for. But and so, I have Paramount Plus. So uh, the one cur- of those subscriptions you just forget that you have so, until it's like oh a show is Emma, Emma so Emma uh, Stone and Nathan Fielder uh, so so anything but you is a romantic comedy that Sydney mm-hmm. Sweeney and uh, Glenn uh, Powell are in God God bless Glenn Powell God God bless him um, and uh, they, there's a little introduction where they have to like I guess do a little cute banter where they're like my trailer no my trailer yeah yeah uh, and, and well, in 24 hours I, I swear that that it's like a minute long and it feels like it's an hour <laughs> seeing, seeing them try to have chemistry and like try to be funny and remember so when there were cheating rumors and they were like oh yeah they're definitely cheating and then you watch the movie and you're like oh, no, they, don't, they, they don't have chemistry <laughs> hey, hey guys come, come on the show cute. and uh, the trailer is cute come on the show and clear up those those rumors for us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would love to Sydney Sweeney's boyfriend watched it and he went <laughs> Sydney Sweeney's boyfriend We're come good. on the show but uh, Nathan spoofed it yeah he did and yeah. then, and then released a statement that and they, he they really did pulled not. out the awkwardness of it yeah uh, yeah uh, Clint claims uh, that he didn't and then you know in classic like Nathan Fielder fashion at the very end it's like we're gonna be there opening night we're gonna be in the first row yeah I'm so yeah. excited for this movie and then the director of any anyone but you tried to kind of like volley back yeah, the they, spoofing they, they, they nature like, and so sorry. fucked it like, up. Like wrote a uh, notes apology and was like, you know, it's important. But he in killed your the joke. Life. Uh, Dan, the, Dan is over here like, you fucking killed the joke. <laughs> he, did, he, killed it, he killed it. Um, was that the news? Well, he was also pretty funny on camera. Like this, this could just turn into the Nathan Fielder podcast. He, he does so much stuff. I mean, that's so it, fun. I think. I mean, the curse is showing at Lincoln Center weekly starting November thirtieth. Is, is it so a whole show? Or? No, I think each episode is going to sh- be showing at Lincoln Center. That's fine. So, I mean, we could theoretically do the curse as the last thing. Of oh, the it's year. a show. We should, yeah. Should, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, with Benny Safdie. It's really funny. It, Benny Safdie may be cucking Nathan Fielder by the end mm. of the show. Hey, very, we'll find very, out. Very, very funny uh, show. But anyway, I like the way it's shot. It looks like really he's, lo-fi. He's directing it. Yeah. It's good. It's good cool. stuff. Yeah. Um, Going kind of Cassavetes with it. Um, anything else? Well, he, he was on Kimmel, and he, and he called Kimmel a bitch and smacked him, and, every, and everybody laughed, and <laughs> it was really cool. Threw an Oscar at his head. And yeah, Kimmel he, was like, I guess I'll do the Oscars again. <laughs> and he, he, like, threatened to kill him, and hey, suddenly, like, okay. Academy, okay. we can host Oscars for you guys. We can host it. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I feel like we're pretty fun guys. We'd look good yeah. in tuxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but we would, we would get cancel almost immediately. I think, think one so? of us would say something crazy. I would come out and like threaten to like turn Glenn Powell inside out or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, or like take all his skin off and like wrap it around like a Wright Brothers yeah, yeah, yeah. plane or something we, like that. We'd put, we'd put like Zach next to, uh, we'd like sink, put him next to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, with Jamie Lee Curtis. And then he has, <laughs> then he has to present with uh, Rachel Ziegler and Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> on either side. Sweating, just holding it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach Paloma. I'm Pac Saloma. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and this is uh, these are these are my friends J- Jamie Lee Curtis and Rachel Ziegler, and we're presenting best sound design. <laughs> Man, speaking of speaking of award shows, hey, hey, hey oh, come on, hey, you found it, guys. I'm getting, I'm getting a knack for this. It. All right, speaking That's of award shows, game awards, um, I gotta say. This has got to be the best year for video games in a very long time. Yeah, this this is this has been a year of like one thing comes out and then like the next week like and, and like yeah. everything keeps like redefining the year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think the big one for this year is going to end up being Baldur's Gate three. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate three. The hype around that was so intense that I actually for the first time since probably like playing Paper Mario, I wanted to play like a turn-based like combat like yeah, RPG. Cool. And it is so like dense and so layered. Uh-huh. Like every decision you make in Act One like comes back to either bite you in the ass or like turn you into a hero in Act Three. It's mm-hmm. like one of those really dense uh CRPGs. Really cool. I should say that probably will still snag it, but then Alan Wake Two came out. Yeah. And Alan Wake Two You've is fucking amazing. I, I'm I'm, I'm like very get it shocked. around Christmas. Dude, it's yeah. so when good. I have the, I'm going to be able to join you guys so very soon. He's I'm, getting himself a P5. I'm going to get a P5 you gotta get on my that next, fucking thing, on my next uh, paycheck. Those, yeah, uh, those things are great. Can I have it right here with this nice TV? Yeah, so, so then we can do the game night. Uh, yes, we can. We my 8,000 uh, Criterions over here. We can also stream. Uh, we can do Let's yeah. Plays and stuff. We all got our hands you know? And I should say another nominee, speaking of PS5 and PS5 exclusives, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, of course. Which uh, has been doing very well, yes. and it, it is much, you know, it's funny, it's kind of like Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda of this year, uh. in that it builds upon the foundation of the first game that came out in 2018, yeah. ironically for both of those, uses the same open world and a lot of the same like side characters and stuff, but uses how much time has passed in real life to convey like a sense of like growth in the world itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Spider-Man, PS4, and Spider-Man 2 both come out the same year as their Into the Spider-Verse counterparts. I think I they did. So. 18, oh, 2018, 2018, and 2023. Uh, crossover That's in that nice. Spider-Man. Yeah, there is, there yeah. is. Uh, I, uh, but it's well, a, it, it, two best Just like these, these new Zeldas, these new Spider-Mans. I mean, same years for yeah. the releases. Yeah. Same kind of gist with the open world changing over yeah, the yeah. course of those years. Zelda's also nominated. A great game that I thought would be number one mm-hmm. uh, came out earlier this year until Baldur's Gate 3 dropped. Well, uh, we didn't get to talk. Did we talk about Zelda the movie coming out? Hey. <laughs> it's the longest well, news section we've ever the had. Only, the only news about that is that that's happening. Yeah. And that, <laughs> and that, and that the internet wants... Uh, um, Oh God! Why am I? I want name? Hunter. Shader. No, no, no! I've ever there's been a and, reached, and uh, reached. Well, the it, non-binary you, actor from uh, Evil Dead Rise yes. as Link. Well, here's the thing, man. Like Link, Link in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is is like supposed to be like intentionally quite androgynous. Yeah, like you can dress Link Hasn't in those like games. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I think Except Link in the cartoon that was from the eighties. Where he's like, excuse me, princess. Oh, that was so good. And he's like, and he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's like, I've mine, princess, <laughs> kiss me. And like the whole show is him trying to kiss Zelda. Zelda. And it's like, like the sex pest. And it's yeah. <laughs> well, whereas in these new games, everyone else is a sex pest. Everyone else is trying and to Link sleep with like, Link, and Link is just kind of mute, like saying, "Oh, you want Asexual, to sleep?" You think he's gonna yeah. talk in the movie? No, right. He shouldn't. I mean, if they cast like a Tim Chalamet or something, he's gonna want lines. Imagine Tim the, Chalamet. The whole funny thing with Link, though. <laughs> the whole funny thing with Link, though, is that like the world is collapsing around him. Everyone is like in, informing him of their interpersonal drama and stuff. He has he has to solve all these issues, yes. but he seems to not really give a shit because he's like a mute and he's kind of blank faced, just gonna. 
like Wait, listening to everyone. I lost my phone. cow. Go get it back. And, and it's and like, he's bro, like, I'm trying to save the world. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of staring off in the space. Um, but it's I be mean, like you Nick could Kroll as uh, as Nick Kroll as Link. How about that? That'd be great. Pretty good as the hormone monster. What though? about uh, Mason Gooding as Link? You know. <laughs> yeah, Mason anybody. Gooding is gonna anybody. play Justin's older brother in a movie. Yeah. A, he's gonna make an Instagram post where he's like holding a sword and shield, and everyone's like, like "Wink oh, on!" And then he's, <laughs> he's he's not gonna get the role, and he's gonna put Wink put off. up a post where he's like burying them in his backyard <laughs> or something. Uh, but Mason Gooding, great actor, dude. Great really actor, actor. cast him as Link. Uh, yeah. Like I was gonna, like I was saying, you could make him really masculine in these new games, or you could make Link a femboy. You could put mm-hmm. him in dresses and paint his nails and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of that how seems, how deep it's more, gone. That seems more. My link is a femboy. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> 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 but they, I mean, I feel like this Jacob is, this is, is Link. This is a good opportunity to to give a you know a, a role like Link to an actor like. I mean that character, that actor is really great. He's great. Nice. He's fantastic. Um, Morgan Davies, great uh, actor. It's also, I mean, it's also a chance to like discover a, a fifteen year old actor who's just really great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so on that, I mean, they should keep Link as a as a kid. I think. I, I think, think that'd so be smart. Too. I mean, I mean, like the, the thing about the Zelda movies, they're gonna have to be really smart about how they do it. You were talking about maybe they'll do Ocarina, maybe they'll do Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But I think they shouldn't do Breath of the Wild. I mean, the smartest thing to do is to is to. Because for, for those of us out there who are maybe not so familiar, Breath of the Wild takes place in a version of Hyrule that yeah. is basically like apocalyptic. Well, that's the thing. Like, like Ganon has been ruling for like a thousand years. You could do so much with Zelda because the the conceit of it is essentially each game is a reincarnation of the same idea. Right, they keep getting reincarnated. So it's like you could do a version where, and I could see them do it with multiverse madness that's happening right now. Is like. They actually lean into the fact that there's multiple that this has all happened before. Right. Which, uh, they do which, like the hero of time yeah. and the hero of Twilight and have them all come. You know. I don't know. I mean, ten they years, shouldn't do that. But I mean, that, ten that years ago it would have been like it would have been like Kit Harrington, and it would have been. Well, Game they, they would cast court. like a bunch of different links then. So it, yeah. so it would be like Daniel Radcliffe is yeah. a link, and <laughs> Pedro Pascal. No, Dan, is a link. Daniel Radcliffe is that short guy from uh, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. That's that's who he's gonna play. Anyway, well, well, by that short guy, are you talking about Link or Link? No, no. You know the the tiny the tiny guy. The guy's like a shopkeeper yes. with the mustache. <laughs> yes. Why not? You know, why not? I, I want Daniel Radcliffe to be a Wolverine, man. I just want Wolverine to be like a five to foot be nothing. An actually short yes, guy. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I've been waiting for. What do you for? want uh, the beast to be? Do you want to be Kelsey Grammer again? Or I don't know. Too idea. bad. Well, well okay. We should, we, uh, all this to say, we should probably loop back around. Oh, yes. What's Game the Awards. Last? Uh, yeah. So, Mario Wonder, a fantastic yes. game. Mario Wonder comes in with five nominations. Um, <laughs> Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom comes in with five. I think Pikmin 4 got nominated for some stuff. So Nintendo, all in all, is the most nominated uh, developer slash publisher of this year. Nintendo, man, coming in fucking strong after decades of being the progenitors of the whole thing. And yeah, yeah, 1890. That's That's when when they started. Toy company. Yeah, toy toy company. company. There's actually a a reference in Tears of the Kingdom. Link has an ability called Ultra Hand, where like a holographic hand comes out that moves things in the environment. One of Nintendo's very first toys, maybe their first toy, was a toy called Ultra Hand. Where it's kind of like one of those little grabber things Uh, that you uh, buy in like a toy shop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Are you playing with your new Nintendo? Yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man Two, seven nominations. Alan Wake Two and Baldur's Gate Three are both the most nominated games. Wow. They're tied at eight nominations. Uh, the snub this year has got to be the snub of the year has got to be Starfield. Yeah, uh, St- Starfield right. underwhelming amount of nominations. Some I think just about online three. are saying Hogwarts Legacy, but they're wrong. Those people are stupid. Yeah, and wrong. you should not support that shit. Uh, Speaking <laughs> of unsavory uh, white people. 
Yeah, I hope you guys had fun with this section because the, uh, the rest of this won't be fun. Are yeah. we moving over? Yeah. Are we, are, are, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's been 36 minutes. <laughs> Dead Space snubbed. Resident Evil 4 is nominated for Game of the Year. I think it should be swapped. I think Dead Space. Dead Space if, if was we fun. had to nominate a horror remake, it should have been Dead Space. That game was awesome. It was I great. loved Dead Space. Uh, but yeah, that's that's yeah. That's I mean, the news. It's uh, thirty six news, thirty six minutes of news, but thirty six like, news items. <laughs> but, <laughs> we spent a minute on each. To how long kills of the flower moon is? I feel like it's correct. It evens out. I do love podcasts, sir. We'll uh, we'll be back. Everybody, um, so we get the pleasure of talking about Martin Scorsese uh, today, and I think before we even get to get into talking about Killers and then After Hours a little bit later, uh, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, get uh, a sense for the table's feelings about Scorsese. I'll 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 go first in saying Scorsese is a, is a person that um, whose films I've loved since I was uh, fourteen when I snuck into Wolf of Wall Street, fourteen or fifty years old, um, and. He has been a, a filmmaker whose work has become more important to me as time has gone on. I think primarily because he, he feels very close to me in terms of them, themes. You know, I was raised evangelical Christian. He was raised Catholic. Right. Um, he was raised in a sh- shitty neighborhood in mm. New York City. I was raised in a pretty rough. He was a choir boy. He was. I was raised in a pretty rough neighborhood in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, he almost went to become a priest. I almost went to seminary. So I feel very similar to him personally. And I also just think there's something about his movies that are so, um, despite being about masculinity and being about guys who kill people, uh, something very sensitive and melancholy about his movies. And he's just also just fucking rips, picks great songs, d- uh, frames better than anyone else. has. Great. Relationships to musicians. Great relationships to musicians. The picks, last waltz. Picks amazing actors. That George Harrison documentary. Dude, I mean, I and, and you know, I think, I think, you know, we we could do eighty episodes about his work. We only really have this one for now, but but I think it would be remiss of us to not talk about what he means to us. So the masculinity stuff is interesting. It's fascinating. It's yeah, it's well. worth noting that Scorsese is five foot four, and <laughs> like Short and King, like anyone say. who is that height and is a male, that that gets brought up to you quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting thinking of the way he explores masculinity and the way that masculinity can be either implosive or kind of like withdrawn and subdued. I mean, think about Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver and Paul from After Hours. Two, two sides of the same guy. Two men that kind of haven't really figured out the masculinity thing and don't really know what they're supposed to do to measure up to like society's image of a man. And it, that manifests in feelings of, of insecurity in both. That they're both very different, but both kind of convey the same issues with you know measuring up to masculinity. Yeah. That Scorsese, I'm sure, thought about a lot. Yeah. Probably yeah. still thinks about, you know. Yeah. Because um, now he's making movies about guys. He always makes movies about like guys who get away with something for a long time until eventually they don't. I have a friend who's probably listening right now. His name is Carlos. He hates Scorsese. Yeah. We, do, we talk about this all the time. He says that Scorsese and Friedkin are the two guys from New Hollywood who he really hates. So uh, it's ironic that we just we've done, this, so done yeah. them back to back. Um, thinks like uh, French Connection is like fascist and stuff. Uh, um, not to rip on Carlos too much, but, but, but it is interesting. I mean, his movies never really play it safe. They always kind of open up a discourse about like intent and stuff. I mean, we're still talking about Taxi Driver forty years later for like yeah. that reason. Yeah. Not just talking a movie about that feels like it. it was made by a by a, a Unabomber, you know. Mm-hmm. And in Scorsese, it's no secret was very manic at the time of making Taxi Driver, and he's mm-hmm. kind of you know 
uh, gather themselves over the years, but he still makes art that's challenging and provocative. I think I have always known Scorsese's name, like I've known Spielberg's name, like I've known Kubrick's name, right? Like, yeah, the, the new Hollywood Those are the guys. <coughs> fellows. And um, I think my understanding of him was always kind of like, oh, he, he mostly does like the, like the gangster movies. Crime. Yeah. He does the crime movies. And I, there weren't, it, those weren't movies that I was often watching growing up. Um, I think Dan, I don't remember if you said this on the air or not, but I, I agree. I think Shutter Island may also have been, mm. I don't even remember that he directed that, but I think that was probably my first. He talks about regretting making that movie, which is crazy to me because yeah. it's great. I love that movie. It's a good love movie. It. He, he did in his uh, his piece with GQ, right? Zach Barron. Yeah. He's like, I regret making he's, that movie. He's not crazy about it. I think, it yeah. Makes sense to me. I would be very proud of that movie. It's, you know, we we all, I guess that's his, by his own metrics. The inner machinations of his mind are an enigma, of <laughs> course. No one can understand Scorsese. No. The um, mind of Scorsese. But I, I, I guess in terms of, I don't feel much of an emotional connection, but I, I, especially I think in the last year and a half with all the discourse between his thoughts about the current state of... But like, do you not love it, man? Well, I mean, no, no. Well, so what I'm going to say is I, I think like him coming out and being like, this is how the industry is and this is what like is happening to the art of cinema and people having such a, a vitriolic reaction uh-huh. to it, um, it made me... And I, I won't I won't even lie like I I I also cocked my head at like the theme park thing sure. like when I first read it but you know I I actually have grown to respect him a lot more and and time is I think vindicating him absolutely I, I, think, I think as we see the way that these franchises play out it's like more and more people who who yeah. maybe scoffed in the past totally understand where he he'll was be, he'll from be now. the canary in the coal mine when it's all done I mean those two. Uh, two guys we were talking about that we can't remember the names of the podcast guys. Well, they likened watching Scorsese to going to the DMV. I know. Yeah. It's like, dude, Scorsese has made some of the most entertaining movies those, ever. Those guys, Goodfellas is those one guys of are the like most rewatchable movies like ever made. They're like our dark uh, mirror images. <laughs> really looking at them. I, I, I swear I could put on Goodfellas starting at any scene in any mood and just watch Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. It is so fucking entertaining. If you have, I, I, I'm going to cut this part. But when me and my brother had to kick that guy's ass on the subway, yeah. we were like, you know, we were like, you know, and like a whatever mood we come home and I just put on Goodfellas because I, <laughs> I knew that that movie would make me happy. Yeah. Keep it in. Keep that in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think uh, saying all that to say, I I hold I hold a tremendous amount of respect for him and it and it tends to increase uh, each time I watch another of his films. Um, and I've seen a number of them kind of like some of them I've stumbled upon and I'm like, oh, this is a Scorsese movie. Some of them I've intentionally sat down to watch. Mm. Uh, but this one, Flower Moon, uh, I wanted to see because the the premise was so interesting to me. I, I thought the context, the historical case was very fascinating. Um, and I was just interested to see how he would tackle it. Uh, I remember I watched The Irishman and felt a little lost through the narrative. Uh, I probably, if I watch it again, maybe it wouldn't be the case. Um, but Killers of the Flower Moon felt like it was maybe i don't know if it's a simpler story but it felt like it was more captivating to me the whole way through uh and i uh well you know we'll we'll get into talking about it but i think it's it's quite an opus i feel like we are so used to seeing these like dances with wolves avatar movies where it's like an outsider enters a community and like they're embraced and they win them over and stuff i mean there's some you know some pushback and and maybe they find out the person's up to no good at first but by the end of the movie community loves them this yeah. is kind of the inverse of that movie that like hollywood has like really acclimated us to seeing where it's like he does enter the community he does get accepted by the community 
betrays the community so bad, takes part in the genocide of a community yeah. until you can't even stand like seeing this guy on screen anymore. And yet yeah. you have to you have to sit with this piece of shit protagonist and then watch as everyone else dies around him. Yeah. And he becomes this like kingpin of death. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to not, not the, even, the Jake Sully thing. Yeah. Not, not even the kingpin of death. He's like, and the Jake, that's a great, we're going to get back he's, to he's that. He's the right hand man. Yeah. Of, of but death. like the whipping boy of death, like yeah. the, the, the dog, you know, who yeah, follows yeah, yeah, the even, guy. Even when they're like uh, doing the wrap up at the end, they're, they're talking about how De Niro's character, Bill, right? Yeah. They're talking about how Bill's in a retirement home and he's still talking shit about uh, Leo's character. Yeah. Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know that that what you said about Jake Sully is actually genius. I think, uh, I think this movie does a really great job of taking a narrative that we know so well and have known so well recently, with like Dances and Wolves, Avatar. I'm on record saying this is the reason I don't like Avatar uh, because it is a version of this story, but is like Jake Sully, pretty good guy. Um, <laughs> And it does a great job of yeah, taking. He did all right by them in the end. <laughs> <laughs> it does a great job of, of taking uh, uh, the book itself, which is literally a procedural, which is like uh, a record of how the FBI right, right. began vis a vis this event, and turns it inside out. It makes it like a human drama about. I mean, for better or worse, it's like when you're dating, uh, married to someone who could be oppressing you and is yeah. oppressing you, and is like yeah. not really. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about how the movie frames their love, but I think it's an interesting, provocative idea to to, to almost make Scorsese's Get Out like mm. in a lot of ways, mm. like like make a movie that's yeah. that's actively wrestling, and that with then it. could be mapped to the relationship between indigenous tribes and yeah. the United States overall. In a lot of ways, this is, I think, the movie that brings his career full circle. Mm. Uh, I I spoke about this, you know, off the air, but but the whole thing with the way the movie ends, which we will get to, and, and what that says about kind of the entertainment, you know, popcorn roller coaster industry, as opposed to like what was what, what was once in his eyes the great art of cinema. Yeah. Um, oh, there's also the whole thing with like uh, how you know his first movie, Boxcar Bertha, is this way of trying to break into Hollywood, mm. and then this one kind of seems like his most. Maybe not as most, but a, a pretty intrinsically anti-Hollywood storytelling movie. Yeah. And Boxcar Bertha opens with these guys who were who were laying track for mm -hmm. a railroad and they're using sledgehammers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's kind of cool. shooting it for coverage. And then later in this movie, when De Niro's character Bill is trying to get the insurance money for lighting that farm it's on fire, yeah, it's it's the same thing where guys with sledgehammers are like going at the but ground. But this way, more, it's shot yeah. kind of abstract and like yeah, I love that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying is really smart. I think it's using. I mean, he's talked about Giant, the the James Dean movie being, uh, the Rock Hudson and James Dean movie kind of being a structural inspiration for this mm. and using the Hollywood American epic about, you know, a town and, like, resources and oil and, like, telling it through a family and using that structure to kind of deconstruct it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I mean, I guess we've kind of more or less given our, our general thoughts on it. This is kind of a movie that resists kitschy letterbox easy classification yeah i walked out and, and danny was like oh did you not like it and i and i did i really did like it but i i think it's a movie that i'm very ambivalent towards and that i have a lot of conflicting thoughts about um because it's so thorny because mm -hmm. it's of like course. because the movie isn't just like a white guy tells a story about an american genocide it's like a white guy makes a film about the way america portrays genocide yeah. Like he's like looking at the back of his own head yeah. and is like, oh, yeah, I know like this is fucked up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I guess, yeah, it's, 
it's very compelling in that way. And maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of uh, interested to talk about performances first, to, yeah. to spin to talk about performances and then come back to themes and plot. Um, we've got, you know, uh, as Danny said, uh, Scorsese's two career-long muses together for the first time? I think for the first time. They were, they were together in another movie that wasn't a Scorsese movie. Okay, yeah. This Boy's Life, I think. Right, so as directed un- by him, uh, De Niro and DiCaprio, um, as William King Hale and Ernest Burkhart, respectively. Um, and I gotta say, I mean, I don't know how how um, people fall on this, but I think this is one of De Niro's best performances. Oh, yeah. oh interesting. I, I, I gotta say the same for Leo, too. He and really I think surprised me. I, I think Leo is. Inter- I like what you wrote about Leo, and, and, and we'll talk about him uh, in your Letterbox review. But I think um, <laughs> follow me on Letterbox. <laughs> I, what did you say about Leo? I'll say it in a second. Yeah, but I, I think De Niro is so interesting because I, I said recently that, uh, and we talked about it maybe on this show actually last week or last episode when we were talking about Pacino that he's always one way or another uh, kind of. Rubik's cubing his his macho sort of masculine image, yeah. but in this, oh, it's so funny we're doing Pacino and, and De Niro, De Niro back to back. That's but then cool. it's it's fascinating because in this he's he's a he's a patriarch, which is not. I mean, he's been like a father in like Meet the Fockers or whatever, but he's a patriarchal like my eyes on you, Fokker. <laughs> almost like Gandalf kind of role, and yeah. then and then he becomes like Saruman, you know, well, see, and see, he's an evil like this. Watch he's chilling. I I find. Yeah, the way that I interpreted him this watch is he he kind of goes hand in hand with like a propagandist like like a pro- yes. like a propagandist yeah, 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 yeah. to where like he is a person who is committing heinous acts and then when it's time for him when the jig is up and it's time for him to get arrested he's like all right well cuff me boys guess I'm arrested and they're yeah. like oh no 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 I mean yeah, 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 just yeah. a formality yeah we're gonna put the right. he, he's kind of the litmus test of the movie because he says he says in the beginning of the movie essentially he's kind of like uh, Israel. Uh, Oh well, he says the beginning of the, we'll get into it. We have to. <laughs> it's right there. It came out. It came out the day that they bombed the hospital. They, sure they Danny and I sure were did. sitting in the front row. Um, but they. Um, oh God! Now I've lost my train of thought. Oh, it's a litmus test for the audience because De Niro says in the first two scenes he's in essentially like marry this woman, take her money. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he's he says it. It's not That's like he's what, obscuring. Yeah, it. Yeah, 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 He's yeah, like yeah. she's like she's. She's very wealthy. Um, well, I, I don't think Leo's character would be one for subtlety. Like, like I think to talk to this guy and convince him to do something, you have to straight up say, well, hey, well, you got to go and, and rob this lady. it's a litmus test for the audience because if the audience decides to still be taken in, because De Niro doesn't have a scene where he yells. De Niro doesn't have a scene where he's, like, rubbing his hands together. Right. He doesn't have, he's, like, he's literally in the book, it says that he looks like an owl. Like yeah. just kind of which, watching, and he and he, he captures fucking that. looks like an owl, yeah. and then an owl jumps into the you know, room, which is like one him. of the best images of Scorsese's career is the image oh, yeah. of the owl walking in, and then yeah. later on the owl walks in and it's Ernest. Yeah, yeah. oh genius shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, but yeah, d- you're you're very right in that. I, I hadn't considered he he's pretty opaque, uh, not opaque uh-huh. actually, uh, um, transparent about his uh, his his motives. It's just that like as the scheme goes on and it's not happening at his pace, the nastiness starts to come out. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you know, because this is a guy who's been embedded in the community again, as a patriarch, as a, as a paternalist uh, figure towards uh, the Osage. 
they he speaks uh, their language. You know, yeah. they they call him like uncle or whatever. Yeah. And he, he even says while, like they know who put up their schools. Yeah. They, they know who put they up got these stuff storefronts. named after him in in the community. And Leo has a great response to that. What does he say? Like like they'll forget. Like time moves on or, or something like I, that. I think. I think it's actually King who says that. You talking about when they're at the jail cell? I, I, I mean, when when Leo's talking to him at the jail cell, and 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 Leo eventually is kind of like realizing everything, and, and he goes, yeah. um, "There's and nothing. There's nothing friends. normal. There's yeah. nothing normal about what we did." Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bill is doing the whole. Uh, they'll they'll remember. They know who who brought them into the 20th century. Uh-huh. And uh, Leo says something like, "Time moves on. Like they'll forget." You know, mm. well, I, I mean, I also think, you know, it's like it's it's really interesting to think about the way that De Niro chooses to play it because it's a performance that grows on you and kind of creeps up on you. But he also is not so dissimilar from a politician that we would know, like yeah. someone who like Trump very. Po- I mean, not even he's more subtle but, than but Trump. someone that De Niro talks about. Yeah. Oh, he hates that motherfucker. <laughs> but 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 like. I this mean, this guy's like a gangster. If 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 De Niro was t- even ten years younger, he'd he'd be playing Trump in a movie. Probably. Like he'd want to. But 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 I think and Jesse Plemons. Not a bad Jesse pick. Plemons is skinny now, though. Yeah, Could you imagine telling this man when he he lost all that weight? Hey, buddy, you gotta get fat again. <laughs> you, 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 you're, you're you gotta play Trump. Trump. You're doing Trump. Uh, he would do it for the Oscar. Um, I'm sure. We'll get to Plemons in a second. But, and then but, Amy Schumer would insult his wife in the front row again. Do you remember Amy, when that happened? Who's Amy Schumer? Oh, I, I don't know. I think she was like at the Oscars. Is, one she, is she is she bullying Adele Dazeem? Is she bullying Adele thirty <laughs> year old actresses on Twitter? Is that what she's doing? Is, right she, now? is she famously stealing jokes from her opening act uh, performers every night at her stand up specials? Like uh, I don't know anything about that. Amy Schumer, it's not safe for you. Actually. No, it's not. <laughs> it's on site. But 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 I think I think he is. I Amy think Schumer, that, come on the show. But the, but the <laughs> the, 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 the beauty the beauty of De Niro's performance is that he is playing an evil that if you're an American who pays attention, you recognize. Yeah. Because yes. that is the kind of man that runs the country. Yeah. Which he, is a man. Reagan. He's very more, much like more, Reagan. More Reagan than yes. Trump. Where, where it's like a nice guy. Yes. Yes. And I mean nice. Well, I guess I'm in trouble. Oh not, man, you know, not a, kind, an all shucks, good, not actually yeah. compassionate, yeah. corn-fed country boy. But uh, you know, when he takes him to the fucking Mason Lodge and he like hits him on the butt, yeah. you're like, you're like yeah. this guy's like from 1930. <laughs> yeah. like, what's happening here? Like, it would be so much easier for us to tab him as a bad person if he was playing it like uh, the fucking guy from Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't. He plays it like, oh man, my uncle, my yeah, uncle's yeah, here. Yeah, your you uncle. Know? Exactly. Like Santa Claus is here. You know. Yeah. Some, sometimes Santa Claus needs to be a little stern. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his I liked his uh, dialect work in this too. It's it's, really it's, good. You don't it get to hear good. De Niro do. He, other it's it's, it's like not quite Foghorn Leghorn, but he's like yeah. almost there. He's verging you know? on yeah. Colonel Sanders. Uh, speaking of accents, yeah. I mean, so we do have Leo. Uh, yeah. Uh, Who's like, I do love it, money, sir. <laughs> I, I figured it is more like he's just like a greasy like slime, but like he he's just talking like. You imagine a greasy motherfucker like how they would oh, speak, I have an like issue. like like he's doing like Cletus from like yeah. a trailer park or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I so, do all that money, sir. So Leo, Leo, bro, listen, Leo, I, I cannot speak to anything Leo does when he's not on screen. But let me say, tell you something about Leonardo DiCaprio. He lo- that he motherfucker likes some, commits he likes to the bit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that guy commits to the bit. Leo, for for many years, I have a poster of Leo up behind Justin. Dude, um, oh, Romeo and Juliet. That is who that is. If Listen, Leo used to be the handsomest white man in the world. For he like was five yeah. years. He was a twink. Oh, I think I think he had it for like a good ten years. Okay, I, I I'll, think, I'll, I'll, I'll give you like uh, you know Titanic to uh, Catch Me If You Can. I think that's about yeah. Right. You know, so so, yeah. so 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 he's the most beautiful white man in the world for yeah. that time, right? He's like Timothy Chalamet, but more. Yeah, you know, more. 
and he has devoted himself. He has handed himself over to Scorsese to play only ugly motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> only people who have black souls, and Tarantino to to play insecure yes. man children. Yeah. Dude, it's it's like. Who at the end of the day are okay, guys? It, you know, I, well, I, except for Calvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Calvin Candy. I feel like I feel like Calvin Candy may be the only character that's maybe morally worse than this guy. Put your hands Probably. down on that coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. Do you remember when he cut his hand? And I, do, I, do yeah. I do indeed. I do indeed. He does cut his hand. He did not rub his actual blood on Kerry Washington. They yeah. cut before mm. and then they just used makeup. He didn't give her hepatitis. That'd be crazy. They just kept. You know, he didn't want to say the N word, and Sam Jackson and Jimmy Fox had to take him aside and be like, "Listen, motherfucker, <laughs> say it." But in this movie, he's, uh, uh, he's in, ugly. In this movie, he's uh, you know, I mean, he he looks like an older man. But I, what I mean more is like, uh, yes, is uh, like the he, they uh, Scorsese really knows how to use him. He's yeah. like eight movies in with this guy, and he's figured out the trick with Leo, which is like. Leo really works when you reverse engineer his movie star. Mm -hmm. So you have this guy who's a fucking moron who like is killing people and is like, well, just shook. So I guess I killed somebody. But then, and you're like, why is, why is this woman with this guy? Yeah. And then he smiles and you go, oh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and uh, underneath it all. Yeah. It's and you still go, Leo. and you go, well, of course she'd be, yeah. of course she'd be caught up in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's and such he, a genius move, man. They, it's, it's so weird to think about because it, it, someone on Twitter said it, it, it was like a uh, pairing. I, I don't know. Two things that shouldn't go together. But, uh, when he first makes that joke, and it was off the cuff, it wasn't scripted. The handsome devil. Uh, when when she calls him a coyote, mm -hmm. and he's, uh, I don't know what you said, but it must be Indian for a handsome devil. And like she laughs, and like they actually have yeah. a genuine chemistry. Yeah, they do have they do have like a believable yeah. uh, dynamic. That scene where they're where they're about to smash in the bed, I was like. Like, yeah, I get it. They, like, they're it. they're spooning in bed even after she learns that like he's responsible for at least a dozen murders. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she, they're still cuddling like like nothing. I mean, she's even. in an abusive relationship. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. She is. You, you can't especially when it's domestic, there's nothing you can really do that. I, I think Leo is is quite it's also good. a movie about people lying to themselves. That's like, true. Let's just make that very clear. That's true. I, I think Leo's quite good in this. Um I think it's a like it is such an embodied performance. Um, yes, that it 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 doesn't even necessarily jump off the screen mm -hmm. until like like because he doesn't have a lot of like big acting moments mm -hmm. until he finds out that until his he, his daughter is dead. And he does the Leo scream. Yeah, <laughs> does that scream in every movie? I was like, where where is he going to do the scream it? in this? <laughs> where the hair is. No! It's like it's like him and Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> they both scream in all of their movies. Uh, no! This, this is not what I had planned. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but, uh, oh, but but <laughs> prior to that, like you said, he's playing like a like a slug, like yeah. a like mm -hmm. a slug who like uh, then smiles and be it's like the, it's like the frog prince for yeah. a second you know he's like ugly he's and he's toad. he's got like demented teeth but he's he's like still yeah. there's, there's, there's something down there that yeah. is there's oh, just the an undeniable <laughs> charisma yeah. yeah he's a movie star yes even I mean, he's I mean, that for a reason even his like i guess before the leo scream he has the moment where he's yelling at uh at molly to yes. take the the penicillin uh, not the penicillin the insulin. You think you know everything? Yeah, the they're Indian ways. Yeah, which the, is it? Yeah, he's poisoning. The poison. Right. Now, now, 
we're we're well, meant to understand that he knows he's poisoned. That's her. before he starts to poison her. That's right before. No. And and then he goes to see the doctors yes, of the two brothers, it. and then it's going to slow her down a little bit. I think he, that's why he he injects himself with it to understand what she's does going he through. do. We're, we're, we're getting we're getting a little bit uh, yeah. ahead. Let's let's start with like. Let's let's talk about you know I, I made well, a note. Well, uh, let's talk about Lily Gladstone, the other the other sure, third who's giving sh- sure. maybe a top three performance of the year. I made a, a note watching this last night. It's interesting it's a great because line, by the way. thank you, man. It's interesting because a lot of the discourse has been centered around how much screen time do the native actors have, yes. mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the white actors. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an intentional choice that a lot of people are, are not really picking up on. Early on, we spend a lot of time with the Osage, their perspectives. We have scenes with, you know, their women, like, gossiping with each other about, like, the white men in town and stuff and, like, what they're up to. But, you know, it's still very innocent. Yeah. Um, you know, they all confide in each other. There's this sense, there's that town meeting early on where, yeah. where like, their like, uh, jury mm-hmm. is, like, talking about what's going on. And early on, it seems, I'm talking about act one. Yeah. It seems like it's an even split. Yeah. It seems like we're spending a fair amount of time with, with both, both camps. getting the perspectives. And then as they start to get killed off. As they start dying, and, it, and it's kind of, of like a slasher movie, like Goodfellas, they in that way, showing up, yeah. we see less and less of their perspectives. And now, think about the funeral set pieces. When bodies start dropping, and we're having Osage funerals, it's their traditions. It's it's their traditional like yeah. funeral wear and like what they do. As they start to drop off to where we're burying uh, Lily Gladstone and Leo's uh, kid in the third act of the movie, it's all of the Osage traditions are completely gone yeah, because they don't have really many members of their community yeah. to uphold those traditions. So the perspective starts to dwindle as the genocide goes on and as they become more and more powerless. And that's really that's fascinating. That's and we, we feel their absence. Yeah. You and know, like it's, it's you like I was saying about Leah Sado and Blue is the Warmest and Color and in that third a, act. You feel the absence real, of the character. That's a real Scorsese choice, too. A man who's been wrestling with Catholicism for yeah. years and makes a movie that's essentially, you know, because Scorsese has made movies about violent American violence, American uh, Christianity and how the two of them square with each other. And this movie seems to be like they're bedfellows. Like they live mm. with each other. Like you can't, you can't extricate one from the other. Mm. Yeah. You know? If if the Osage presence is is present in the first act, it's a ghost by the third, and it's, it's like haunting the third act. Yeah. You know? I I it, well, I think that that connects very well with what Wes was saying about how this movie is is about the meta narrative of the film, which is a discussion of who gets to tell history. Mm. Yeah, uh, and how we how we learn about these things after the fact. Yeah. The Osage mm-hmm. did not live to tell what happened to them because right. it happened to them, you know. Um, and and the fact that he had, you know, um, he had a consultant on this who gave a very, I felt, heartfelt and like measured response at the red carpet to, with so his too. conflicted emotions about, you know, the movie is it's 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 depicting a terrible tragedy, and it, Martin did a lot of work to include the Osage, and yet I also feel that. It's complex because we're not necessarily getting to tell the story ourselves. It's still, mm-hmm. um, but to 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 piggyback off of what you you know you mentioned, Lily Gladstone. Yeah, I think she's. I mean, obviously she's a revelation. She's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah. I I wrote in my review that I that the movie needed more Lily Gladstone. But what I really meant is, uh, and what has been kind of countered by what you just what you just shared, Dan, is that I wanted more Molly. Even more than any of the other Osage characters, because going into the movie, I expected it to be sort of a twin narrative between her and sure. 
earnest. Yeah. At at points it is, and then right. while she's sick, there's that. There's she that and off. she's and she's powerless, and she can't see anything outside of her room. So it's almost like, yeah. well, why would you spend that much time with her? I, I will say that, like, I, I mean, I've seen the criticism, and, and I'm sure I can imagine a version of the movie where past their final confrontation. We spend a little bit of time with her, sure. but I think a thing that Scorsese takes to heart and that is very useful for filmmakers is you need to have a final scene that's kind of a gut punch yeah. Yeah. and leaves it's you with climax. that lasting. It's like when you write an essay, you need to, in your conclusion paragraph, have a little thing in there that yeah. makes them think yeah. and walk away with something to ponder. Well, I mean, and they, they have that confrontation. Yeah. And then that's the second to last scene. This movie, this movie has a wonderful version of what the biopics do, where it's like yeah. such and such went on to become the mayor, it's and such and such went on to run a chocolate factory. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I that last scene with her and, and Leo is like, is like one of the most tense scenes Scorsese has ever made. For their Oscar like thing where they show everyone's scenes, that, that might be what they what for they the show. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, to jump off what you're saying, Justin, you know, there's, we'll, we'll we'll probably briefly touch on what what I think the major criticism has been of the movie, which is, you know, there's a version of this movie that's told by an Osage filmmaker that maybe uh, puts them in the driver's seat more. And I think that's valid. Uh, I think it's unfortunate Hollywood hasn't allowed an Osage filmmaker to get to a level where they can make something this big. That's a systematic problem. But I think if we're just working with what we got, I think Lily Gladstone in every single scene is in, the, in, the in, most interesting, most interesting person to watch, most interesting person to watch. She is, uh, magnetic. There's scenes where she's not talking and her eyes are going you're, over. You're something. always thinking, like, has she figured it out? Has she figured it, it out? And then there is certainly a moment at like a little past the midway point where it's like she has definitely figured it out, she, but she's lying to herself. She, there, there, this has been a year of breakout performances from actors who, because they're not as big yet, have have less lines but are doing so much in the silence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like Lily Gladstone is doing it. I just told you guys about May December. Charles Melton has an incredible performance of just watching Dude, things uh, happen. Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. You said that, this. That performance is so, so incredible. And, um, God, I forget her. It's some, like, Nordic name, but the... Nordic? <laughs> not Nordic, maybe. But the the lead actress in Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, you um, She's also in... Um, what is her fucking name? She's in that... Uh, uh, Sandra Huller. Yes. Yes, very, very good. Um, <laughs> but, but I don't all, know where I got Nordic. But all of this to say, I think Lily Gutson's incredible, but I also think the, the film is peppered with incredible, incredible, like, indigenous actors. Mm -hmm. There's a really, like, essentially, like, Clint Eastwood... FBI agent. The one chief has like a very cinematic voice. Yes. The way yeah. he talked was like so. You, 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 you know who I'm talking like about, right? The, 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 yeah, the the, 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 the FBI he, agent that's he like that's, embeds in the Osage yeah. and he has like he, he comes he comes for that dude who um so cool. shot. Uh, it was supposed to. They're drinking moonshine together, yes. and it's supposed to be like he was supposed to position it to make it look like suicide. Yeah. But he got behind the guy and shot him, and mm -hmm. it went through the windshield, yes. and it was like very clearly he was murdered, and yeah. he like fucked it up. <laughs> he actually goes after that guy. Yeah. He's like washing like pots and pans or something in like so a cool. dish outside with his like eleven kids. He's like, you know, I got to take you in. Don't try and run. And he's like very that, calm, cool, that and collected. Guy, that guy it's it's, it's like Clint Eastwood on like High uh, Plains Drifter. Dude, he's like he's like he's like Clint Eastwood. I'm like, where is this guy been? In high, in high Plains Drifter, yeah. Yeah, I I think yeah, she's doing. You know, uh, to use an actor term, listening. She's yes. doing incredible listening, um, <clears throat> and I think there's also a sense of like, Coyote wants money. <laughs> yeah, there's a sense. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say too. Is like, 
plot-wise, we look at the whole film, there is this skepticism that is already built in to the Osage community about white men. Mm-hmm. And we see this tension... Which, of course, gets vindicated. <laughs> we see this tension between Molly and her mother, who's like, you're... Like, she says, basically, like, you're you're eradicating our, our blood. Like, yeah. your, your children are not going to be Osage. Our blood's turning white. Yes, yeah. And then right after, it's the two parents talking about the, the two kids, and they're like, this one, this one looks uh, whiter yeah, than the other one. More white than You'd the other. You'd never know. It's half and half. Yeah, yeah. Is. And it's, it's I think just they actually use a slur, but I'm not going to. They probably do, yeah. No, thanks for yeah, yeah, <laughs> volunteering yeah. not thanks, to say Thanks for that. not saying yeah, the slur. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, I mean, any time. Yeah. Um, but Molly also has uh, several sisters, or she has an older sister who gets uh, assassinated. Ru- Ruth? Uh, Am I just pulling that out of my ass? Dude. She's great, yeah. You're out. taking me out here to kill me. Major, You're taking me out here to kill me. She's yeah. fucking fantastic. I love when she pulls the fucking gat out when they're at the when they're at like the family like. <laughs> it's not quite a cookout. It's more like we're all just sitting around. And, uh, but yeah. she she like I'll in the book she kill you dies, in that bitch. and I think the end of the first or second chapter. So the fact that she dies an hour into the movie, and you have to spend time with her. And I knew I was like, oh man, she's gonna she's on the chopping block. Yeah, it's such a smart way to subvert the novel because it's like not a novel, it's a book. But but uh-huh. yeah, and then and then Plemons shows up like. Yeah, two hours in, mm. and is like, I gotta see about these murders. <laughs> <laughs> see, see what about them? Well, see who's been doing them. So he's just like, see who's been doing them. <laughs> yeah, let's. Clemens can like turn in like a performance that like is not that involved, but it's always like, man, Clemens is good. Yeah, Clemens is yeah. great, dude. Clemens yeah. is like, I mean, I know everyone's like, he looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but but Hoffman would do a thing. Hoffman is one of my favorite actors. I think we dude. just have a definite like you watch movies from the seventies like Cassavetti shit, and it's like there's so many actors who really do not. look look like they would be like actors working today because there's like some level of prettiness you need to have. Clemens seems like one of those like 70s dude. We'll we'll say average. We'll say average. (laughs) Uh, But but Clemens is like one of those guys. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's good to have actors like that. So because they all go away. Yeah. It's like motherfuckers who are not like very good looking, I feel like are not really getting the the, the volume of roles that he gets. uh, You know, Sides, no, he's right. You can't have a movie that's just like a like yes. a, a Vanity Fair si- catalog. Si- sidestepping the thing about <laughs> Plemons' looks, what I was saying, what I w- will say is, I, Plemons has a quality that Hoffman used to have, which is like Philip Seymour Hoffman could walk into a t- twenty minutes before the end of the movie, yeah. and take over everything. And so he doesn't punch drunk. Ta- punch drunk. Punch he does drunk. it. He and, and, and Boogie Nights. He shows up and he's like maybe stupid, fifteen stupid, minutes stupid. of a full time. Yeah. And he's just so magnetic. And he's Plemons, fucking great. Plemons, like when Plemons walks into the situation. And it's a great trick because it's like he walks in and you're trained to go, oh, we're saved. Right. We're good. And but the FBI are so incompetent yeah, in yeah, this yeah. movie. Yeah. They like show up and are asking questions for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cannot figure out that this guy that's clearly murdering people is the murderer. Is the murderer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Clemens has what I think the quality that people latch on to. Uh, that he shares with Hoffman is there's a particular kind of quiet intensity that mm-hmm, he has mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where even though he's his performance is laid back it's not lazy uh, right. and there's there's this there's this like there's uh, maybe a sense of simmering or a sense of thought even even in his breaking well, he said bad about days. listening yeah yeah well, I mean he, he's he's like taking in everything that's happening around him you can see like the gears turning yeah, in his head and even, he's like figuring even in out. his breaking bad uh, days probably his debut I guess as 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 Todd um, uh, Back when they were calling him Meth Damon. Yeah, Meth Damon. Um, it, that same thing is there. And in that, he's playing a sociopath. But he w- he was so interesting in this. And also, like, I was looking at him in scenes with Leo, and I and I was like, man, I almost wish that they had swapped roles. 
And I, I get like everything that we've talked about with Leo and why he works in this role, I still think makes sense. But I was looking at it, I guess, from like the practical like age standpoint and everything, and just like you mean Ernest trying to be a twenty year old. Yeah, everyone's calling him like a dumb kid, and I'm like, that's a fifty year old. Well, we got to keep an eye on you. <laughs> yeah. son. Yeah, it's like yeah. J- Jesse, you're thirty five years that's, old. That's that's like an older part of uh, a southern guy thing. Yeah. It's like how my uncles would talk and stuff. But I do think um, uh, it, it, there's an interesting version of the movie where Plemons and uh, Plemons is the guy, but he doesn't have like what you're talking about with the movie star appeal and the, you know, would this guy charm someone? I don't know. I mean, if, I think so. If the story's written that way, then that's mm-hmm. what's yeah, I happen. think Plemons has. I mean, Plemons pulled Kristen Dunst. Hey, he sure did. He did. He, he you know, um, L- looks ain't everything. I was complimenting the no, motherfucker no, and it turned into Jesse something Jesse Plemons is tuning in. He's like, the media more. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks great now, though. He yeah. looks great now. Now that he's uh, he's he's slimmer? He grew his hairline is looking good. And he has, he has like kind of like like wavy hair going. Yeah. I'm, I'm always concerned. I, or do we know that it was an intentional weight loss? or like? I think he did. Yeah, okay. he said he just stopped Probably. eating like, carbs. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just because, you know, sometimes people drop Ke- weight and then keto it's like, oh, is one, Keto is like the most brutal thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used, I used to wake up scare. in pain. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And my, my hands would like seize up. I was like, I can't be doing keto. No, no, uh, it's not. Everyone be. was like, oh, you went off keto. Huh? I'm sorry. I knew I knew you didn't have the, <laughs> the sauce for it. I was like, you don't understand. I'm going to die. That shit <laughs> was painful as fuck. I was in pain constantly. What do you think uh, the people in this movie are eating generally? Like, just probably. Well, we know that Lily Gladstone is eating taffy and bacon and. Yeah. Oh, you mean stuff. like the characters? Yeah, I think Ernest is just like I think he's eating, eating garbage, like oatmeal. Right? Yeah, probably. no, he's not oatmeal. What do you guys no, think no. about the choice actually uh, to not? I was expecting more of a legal procedural at the end, but it's sure. very minimized. What do you guys think about that? Uh, this yeah. is my client. <laughs> I have not been able to speak with my client. I, 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 should should we bring up Fraser's uh, ass? He was. He's, he's fun. I, I, I uh, got got a little cloud because I, I I went woo when Fraser showed up at the very first and everybody on Twitter was like, "Who's that beautiful motherfucker?" Said that. Went, Whoa, he, he was so handsome and cool. If I find that guy, I'm going to suck his dick on the spot. If Whoever I find that guy, I'm going to give him pussy. <laughs> hey, guys, look. I'm drowning Didn't pussy. Lie, right? I'm drowning in pussy, all right? Like, please give me some um, I love that all of film Twitter was at that specific screening. Yeah, they just, were. They it was were. like me, Dan, and all of film Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, we both saw like faces there that were like, I know you from yeah. the computer. There was one guy, there was one guy there that uh, was a guy that I had Zach go and bully. Yeah. Oh yes, it was yes. that guy. Yeah. That's cool. John Lithgow also fucking he was great Lithgow so. performance. Lithgow <laughs> <laughs> was there. Yeah, no. we got pictures well. with uh, uh, the 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 editing. We got to shout out Thelma uh, Schumacher. Can we talk about mm, the Thelma, editing real Thelma's fast? Great. Because the first thirty minutes of editing is basic, not basic in the word, but like um, uh, classic uh, Thelma Marty shit, where uh-huh. it's like. You'll go a hard cut yeah, yeah. from uh, a talking scene to a moment of great violence yeah, right yeah, in the yeah. middle mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Uh, there's a great scene where we see... Uh, kind of rhythmically. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's that moment where you see that indigenous brother uh, uh, poisoned and we're overhead and he's, he's riding yeah, on the seizing, ground. Yeah. Uh, or when we have that woman get shot. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the mother gets shot on her lawn. Um, yeah. There's These are like classic Goodfellas tricks. Yeah, that was very and interesting. The mo- and then the movie kind of like opens up yeah. and becomes something completely different yeah, 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 from yeah. what they mm. they usually do and it's I think it's it's some of her best work. It's yeah. really wonderful. She uh there's there's an interesting choice to linger on Ernest's face um 
We do. We linger yeah. on his face a lot. But in the trial, when uh, he's getting questioned by John Lithgow, and you're and you're watching him like process all of the things that he's done as he's confessing to it. Um, you know, obviously, there's other movies where you would have shot reverse, if, especially if it was supposed to be like the legal procedural, where you see the lawyer come out and, and did you or did you not do this? Right, you know, right. like very uh, sort of a, a time to kill kind of thing. My or cousin Oppenheimer. Vinny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but in, my, my cousin, cousin Vinny, <laughs> my, my favorite of his movies. Uh, but in this, we're just on earnest, and again, I think it's like, you know, it, it's it's very uh, intelligent and very um, impactful to kind of take actors like this, like DiCaprio, like De Niro, and turn them into like almost like it's almost like um like no theater. Like they're wearing like masks. Like their yeah, faces yeah, yeah. Well, are so yeah. like they're they're so contorted or like held in a specific shape. And and then so in a way like you can read a certain amount of your own mm-hmm. interpretation onto it. Onto it. Yeah. Um but then when it breaks, like then you realize, oh, okay, this character is like really, yeah, like something has changed. That's smart. DiCaprio gets like so he he's like a tennis ball just getting whacked back and forth across the court. Like yeah. uh, the the FBI making him say one thing, and then he he gets released, and he's back amongst the like the the white people who like need to kind of use him as a tool again. And, yeah. and Brandon Fraser has that great scene where he's, he's like, like and they and they and they beat you, and he's like, well, they didn't beat me. No, 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 no. They, they they beat, beat you. you. Yeah, they yeah, beat yeah, you. Yeah, you yeah. know, like. He, Pick up what I'm putting down. Brandon Fraser is getting beaten up. He's like, he's doing what he needs to do, which is play a wolf. He's like, he's like, even the way he moves his body and his eyes bulge, he's like a carnival. I I think it's just a meme to say Brandon Fraser, LOL. You know, I I think, I think people like him. I I think they like the performance, even even if he's like goofy in the beginning. But it's like that's what he was told to do. Yeah, yeah. Get up and scream. So and it and it and it works. Um, He's he's absolutely fantastic in that scene where it's him and Leah. Yeah, uh, in the chair, and he he's basically roughing him up more than the guys that they're claiming roughed him up. Yeah. See, the FBI are like, you killed several indigenous people, uh, but it's all good. Like, no need to like be scared that we're gonna do anything. Like, we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, even yeah. an indictment of like J. Edgar Hoover's FBI, where they're like, true, they're like, ah, eh, you know, you kill a lot of people. As long as you confess to who told you to do it, then yeah. we'll pass you over and give you. you it's know. like guys, and then this is the same era where like uh, Hoover has like moles out on black authors to ensure they're not writing stuff that's, it like you got to think about like yeah. the way Scorsese is <laughs> even indicting how sh- the FBI is kind of like this shitty probing organization that wastes time and yes. isn't really interested yeah. and and like you you see them and you expect it to be like cops where you're like thank god the cops are here and yeah. they're just kind of morons and i don't know i think it's really smart <laughs> stuff <laughs> well let's talk about the f- the final scene then right yeah the scorsese yeah. um uh the sort this of like where they are com- now meta commentary also yeah, on the cameo. state of uh things i think it's as it started happening. I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. I, I wondered if it was a flash forward within the within the same narrative, right. and I guess in a way it could be because it's still mm. kind of like a period thing, and they it could be hearing about this like, yeah. oh, what happened in o- in Osage County. The sound effects and stuff are like are like not quite, but they're very close to like Hanna Barbera, yeah. like <laughs> like Scooby Doo, like yeah, like yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of sound effects, and like the steps, the yeah. hurried steps, a very like kind of goofy white like, men doing you know uh, Native American things. accents. Uh, where if it was a bunch of like white women getting like murdered systemically like this, it would, oh, this it would be not be up. like it would be uh, Nancy Grace for like two years talking about uh, 
Casey Anthony, like, yeah. like she was, you know, it'd be that kind of thing. It, it would not be like a silly radio show where like you're still trying to dangle yeah, keys in front like of making fun of old cereal. people, you know. You know I, like I gotta, yeah. yeah, and I gotta say, I think, I mean, this is partially a question, but it's really a comment. On, uh, I, I feel like this might be the most impactful director cameo ever. Dude, it's so good. Like man. he puts so, himself well, directly in the firing line. Do y'all see the Fablemans by any chance? I have yet I to. Have not yet. I have yet to. I, I, so. I keep I, being I, on I, planes I you, and it's I always on the know, plane and I'm like, I can't that, watch that it. is a very good director cameo. No, but th- this this is this one is uh, really f- I, I I got chills actually. It made me last a little night. emotional. It got yeah. made me a little choked up. It, I got it's chills. like and it's he, like, he's so like Oh, and he shows up in After Hours too. He so certainly does. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it he, he's he's so like calm and, and collected, and there's like a real like gravitas to like how he's delivering that. God, he's fucking fantastic. It made me, it made me uh, choked up because a well we we, we you know uh, you can't step around. Scorsese could have been acting if he really wanted I, to. You know, but I, I don't think you can kind of step around it. Like Scorsese's an older gentleman. He's talked about his mor- mortality very openly mm-hmm. on his press yeah. tour. So you see this guy walk out who's an older man and is like spent his career wrestling with the sins of people like him yes yeah and you're like and he goes out there and he's like he's like no one talks about this anymore and that's essentially what it is he's like there's no mention of the killings yeah and you're like fuck oh my god like this this guy and it all clicks it's like People thought the Irishman was his coda. This is his coda thematically. It's like people, you know, we have fucked up this country. We've taken the country from, from other people. We've committed crimes for hundreds of years, and no one talks about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it like it made me really emotional, man. It was like yeah. it was like this is kind of a beautiful and naked thing for him to do. It, it almost know. seemed like in, in that show that we were at that there was going to be like an end game, like woo, and there was like some of that. Like no, they first, when he came but out. There was some yeah. of that at first, but then everybody was like, oh shit, this he's is not this here is, to mess th- around. He, he's He's not doing Marvels. No, this there's like meaning behind him being the one to come out and deliver yeah. this. No, it's 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 a it's a it's an excellent and I think selfless choice. You know, obviously we can look at director cameos as being like egos ego driven, but sure. I think it's actually the opposite here yeah. because it it he's he's falling on his sword in a way, and he's maybe even saying like I'm kind of participating this in is it. an imperfect document i've done what i could to bring this story to the forefront i'm maybe the only person like me who's willing to do that mm-hmm. and yet it's maybe not enough and, and but we he can reads say molly's obituary been, yeah yeah which is like and yeah like beautiful a beautiful way to end it. and then after that actually the real ending which is the the the, the, the celebration the ceremony yes. the drumming ceremony of the osage which fades, looks like fades to black very slow yeah it looks like a contemporary like it looks like it's modern day it, it, it looked like he 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 saw Midsommar and he was like let me try that <laughs> I mean, he he's, he's, been, he's been very like, I mean, uh, clear about it's, that it's almost, but it's almost like it, you know there's a version of this movie not a version there's a movie about the uh, Jesse Plemons character uh, that was made with James uh, Jimmy Stewart yeah. Jimmy Stewart played Jesse Plemons' character in a, in a, in a film yeah, like yeah, 50 I years ago and then he makes this movie and it feels like that final image is saying alright next time we do this it's gotta be somebody else you know what i mean it can't be us anymore and it, and it feels like him reckoning more than more than coppola more than even freaking god bless him uh with what the new hollywood was and maybe i'm reading too much into it but the new hollywood was like uh, cool white kids coming together and making dangerous movies and i think he's making like movies that weren't shot on yeah. sound stages yeah. that were like in and i think he's like he's stuff. like the next time there's a new hollywood it's got to be different people yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's what it feels like it is. It's like a passing of the baton mm. um, in a way that was, I think, you know, I mean, I think I think there are definitely 
qualms to have with maybe the ending, and I know some people do who are smarter than me, but the ending in that way did make me emotional. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know. Well, hey, man, I, I, I'm ready to rate it. Yeah. I, yeah, I really like it. I'm going to, I'm pending a rewatch. It's, uh, it's probably going to go up for me. Um, you know, I, like Wes said, there are things about it that I wrestle with, but I think um, it is, it is a, an important story, uh, importantly told. So I'm going to give it uh, eight DiCaprio underbites out good. of ten. That's good. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I think we didn't really get into a, some of our criticisms of it. I don't think we need to. I don't really. Think it's all wrapped up in there. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's that necessarily kind of movie where you are like, well, cinema sins. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Uh, this scene does not include a lap dance. Ding, and it's like it's like Lily Gladstone being poisoned and like dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lily Gladstone is not my wife in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, burning hell cinema. Uh, I uh, I think uh, we'll, we'll kill yeah, it's just a disembodied voice. <laughs> this is a blog to anybody. Uh, I I really like this movie. I think I think in a, in ten to fifteen years we'll look at it as the great end of career masterpiece for him um yeah. if this is his last movie like what a he has a jesus movie apparently that he wrote well so maybe i, I said the same his last thing one. about the irishman and like that could have been the last movie too but this is like such a great I, I, irishman feels like the closing of the loop of his gangster film kind of thing it feels like the other end of goodfellas this feels like the closing of his loop of his of his movies uh yeah. and for that reason uh i will give it also eight Hmm. I will give it eight paddle on the butts out of ten. Okay. In a Freemason lodge. <laughs> Bend over. <laughs> put your put your elbows on the sand. Hey man, it's it's good. Um, I hate thinking of things in this context, uh, but I, I I'm not sure where this would measure up for me in my in my end of the year uh, kind of retrospectives and stuff. Uh-huh. But as a career retrospective, it's like a very interesting watch scorsese is is definitely recontextualizing a lot of his work i think yeah. and um th- there's there's a lot you can read into it not just from its historical significance but from the lens of its of its author yeah um so i uh i think what i'm gonna do is is similar to what i did on, on letterboxd i'm gonna like formally abstain mm. Uh, the only other movie I've done that for is Drag Me to Hell <laughs> on this is podcast. It, it? On this podcast, yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to abstain. I'm going to say I really appreciate the movie. Yeah, um, I, I think it's well. really beautiful. Um, and now that we've gotten a very serious movie about a genocide out of the way, let's uh, talk about a movie. Um, Zach Palomo the movie. Zach Palomo the movie. <laughs> oh, Zach, if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> buckle in. A movie about a guy you're listening, man, who wants to get show. who wants to get to pussy you. and we're wanting to get pussy takes it. You know? Uh, we'll be right back. Saw the Arquette name with Patricia. Yeah. No, no, no. No, the other. I guess oh. another one. There's, an, there's five Arquettes. The first, the girl who kills herself is the girl from Crash. That's oh, okay. I didn't know that. She's the girl from Crash. She wants to fuck the car. I've not seen Crash. Well, hey boys, we've made it through a successful day of no. podcasting, and now we're in the. Are we recording? After uh, <laughs> I like how when they're recording, you're gonna hear me say, "Are we re- recording?" <laughs> like while while we're doing our bit. 
I, I had one bit that I didn't do for Killers of the Flower Moon. I felt like it may have been insensitive, but Probably. but you you know how that movie <laughs> came out while like a genocide is happening. Yeah. Y- y- you ever wonder if like Israel will call in the FBI to like investigate what's going on there? Probably. And like the Hardy brothers show up and they're like, there used to be all these Palestinians <laughs> in this land and now they're gone. <laughs> Wait, who's murdering all these Palestinians? I don't know. We gotta figure. They're, they're like du- they're like dusting for clues and like going through old filing cabinets. What happened to all these Palestinians? Severe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. After hours, man. After yeah. hours. Hey. Hey. We're this here. is such a fun, silly time. My favorite Can't Scorsese movie. I, I'm, listen, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Listen, it's so much fun. I. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think this maybe is his greatest film. <laughs> it's fucking so good. I watched it and I was like, wait a minute. Where's this in the rest of his filmography? Yeah, yeah. Scorsese made a career of sad, angry men doing violence on people around them. And then was like, ah, I think I'm just going to make a movie about a guy trying to get laid. And yeah. then what if the sad, angry man has violence done on him? <laughs> he never gets to, like, he never Everyone gets retribution. Him, yeah. He gets beat up the you, whole You know movie. how they say slasher movies are, are like a bunch of young women getting picked off? This is like a young man getting picked on. It's like the inverse <laughs> yeah. of a slasher, you know? So... So After Hours is Scorsese's 1985 film, uh, really kind of the... A simple the, fucking movie. That simple movie, Dark Horse in his career, didn't write this, got the script. Uh, Griffin Dunn was kind of a mid-level star at this point. Yes. Yeah. I, I um, want to say, a, a career full of Dark Horses. Like, we say Dark Horses, but it's like when, when you're experimenting as much as he has, and there's so many peaks and valleys, well, I want to like, talk about this when we get to the Scorsese rankings at the end. Scorsese's a guy that's like... Makes a makes a movie that he's familiar with. Makes like a, a fucking a taxi driver. Makes a Goodfellas, right? And for every Goodfellas, but then there's like an Age of Innocence. He'll make an Age of Innocence. He'll make a, <laughs> like a, a Cape Age of Innocence. Fear. By the way, S tier in my S tier. I love I fucking Age of Innocence. But uh, Cape Fear, yeah, D- uh, playing Carpenter for a movie, you dude. know. But uh, yeah, so uh, After Hours is a 1985 film starring Griffin Dunn, based on a idea I believe that Griffin Dunn had. Hmm. Scorsese gets the script. Is in a bit of a lull in his career. He's had about about nine years of uh, of not flops, but movies that are not connecting. Now we know these movies are classics. You know we have that shit burns uh, going down. <laughs> we have uh, uh, Last Temptation of Christ, which I big controversy with with that one. Sure. So if, if this was coming right after, then that's interesting because this this would have been like a, the Last me, Temptation of Christ saved. is nineteen eighty eight. Oh, okay. so it's right after this. Mm. Okay, so so Scorsese gets a big hit with uh, Taxi Driver, right? Follows up Taxi yes. Driver with New York, New York, which doesn't connect. Raging Bull, which is a critical success, but, yeah. uh, but a commercial, I believe, failure. King, King of Comedy, which he still talks about to this day as Being a movie that people didn't get. Yeah. And if you watch King of Comedy, it's like the it's like the cold open for After Hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then he does After Hours, which just, I believe, connects with audiences. He's, he's still hung up on uh, that what, what they said uh, on uh, some on New Year's show Eve, on yeah. New Year's Eve. He's like, yeah, you know what they said about the King of Comedy, right? And his, his, <laughs> his daughter is just kind of rolling her eyes like she's heard it a hundred times. Um, like, all right, yeah, King of Comedy, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I saw After Hours in a double feature at the Alamo Draft House about a month ago. With it was playing with Pig Babe, in the City. Uh, Pig in the City, a masterpiece in its own right. Okay. Um, New York movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just they were like, we, two of they were like, we have both of these DVDs, and even they, like, they didn't even like get a print of it. Like <laughs> it, the the Criterion logo yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so uh, I guess to jump right into it, Criterion 4K. By the way, I, I got I, have on, it. I, right I got like two sales ago, or it's maybe right no no two sales ago. I got the Criterion 4K, and it looks fucking awesome. I watched it last night. Uh, mm. After Hours is about a man named Paul. Uh, Paul Hackett. Hackett, who uh, is an office drone in the 80s, uh, connects 
with this young woman at a, I believe, a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she not so subtly is like, come over, like, you know. And uh, everyone at this table, I'm sure, has an experience like this. Right. Uh, where you're like, uh, you know, you get a what are you doing text. Yeah, come from Harlem to and Soho. Yeah. <laughs> from from yeah. that <laughs> first uh, <laughs> meeting. <laughs> I mean, I like I've, I've I haven't had this exact experience, but we've we all have. this exact yeah, Palomo experience. Exact Palomo. Uh, but yeah, no. And then he goes and he proceeds to have the worst night of his life. Is the uh, movie. <laughs> From that first meeting, it's all it's instantly kind of surreal. She, she's yeah. like, do you see that uh, that guy behind the, the counter? He, he's kind of moving weird, too. And then that guy's like practicing like for ballet, ballet or something. Yeah. Like while he's he asks a, for a pen and the guy like cashier. spins and yeah. gives it to him. I think I going in, I knew the premise and I was like, okay, this should be fun, like a sort of like, you know, rom-com maybe thing. I had no idea how insane <laughs> it was going to get. And it just, yeah. but like, not in a way, sometimes, you know, movies will start getting surreal and I'm like checking the, but I was like fascinated, I guess because it is a relatable thing, yes. where I was like, even if this isn't what's literally happening, this is how it feels. Yeah. And, and like being, New York is so like easy to get stranded in. If you're out at the wrong right. time, if yeah. you, I mean, like, I would just jump, I would jump the turnstile, or whatever. Well, but yes. I, so, so, so you're not like one for surrealism very much. You're, you're not like a big surrealist guy. Uh, case by case. Okay, sure. Case sure. by case. I think um, I, th- I think he utilizes it wonderfully. Amazingly, here. Uh, well, you yeah. said so. You said before we started that you think Taxi Driver is the number one New York movie. I would have agreed with you before I watched this because I feel like in the consciousness, yes. But I think driver. in terms of a, a and movie, then probably like Ghostbusters, a movie that gets King Kong. the feeling of New York the most. Yeah, there's nothing Soho specifically. There's nothing yes. quite like and Soho was gentrifying. So- Soho, yeah. Soho before it was Instagram Village. Yes. And yeah. I, I remember, I remember uh, uh, Fran Lebowitz was like, "This movie is important because this." Catches Soho as it's gentrifying, mm. so the city is like yeah. artists Full of are artists moving, and artists stuff, are moving yeah. in, but they're still mom and pop shops, like, and like, like their their dad's uh, you know bank a trust fund account. Yes, you yeah. know, so we're, we're getting some trust fund artists. So there's a <laughs> there's a moment, there's a great moment in the in the movie, where and also Cheech and Chong driving around in the van, oh my which God. is so awesome. <laughs> this is so cool, dude. <laughs> Cheech Moran has had such a great career, man. It's it's like legendary stoner comedy, uh, the Spy Kids uncle. Uh, a bunch of Robert well, Rodriguez movies. A bunch of Robert Rodriguez <laughs> movies. He, he he's the priest in Machete who like blows that guy's face off yes. with the shotgun. Um, fucking great career, man. Dude. Cheech Marin, fantastic so, resume. So, so yeah. uh, it's hard to even talk about this movie. Like Killers of the Flower Moon has a plot. After Hours is just a man being kicked in the balls a few times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try to articulate for you guys why I love this movie so much and why I connected with it immediately. I think it's because it it has such a Great sense of humor, first of all, and it's it's using all of the the things that Scorsese has in his. Oh. <laughs> are you doing? Coke? My no. <laughs> stuff nose, everyone. I have a stuffed nose. I'm trying to keep it low. Uh, Justin has uh, some coke on the table. No worries, just dust it off. Told um, us he was getting sober, but then he immediately picked up coke. So I mean, we don't know what's going on. Did, Did you see sober from what? Steve O. I'm so sorry. Steve O. was on a, a podcast. This, he was on the Adam Friedland show, and he was talking about how he's all sober now. But he, for fun, will take anesthesia. He will just take anesthesia and like go on a bike ride. And and so Nick Mullen was like, "Oh, so you're not sober? <laughs> like that's not what being sober. You're taking anesthesia for fun." Like, anyways. I'm sorry. <laughs> this movie is really funny. And, it, and Scorsese has entered a part of his career at this point where he's a master filmmaker already. He's made about seven movies. So he's using his new skills to make a version of a movie that he's never made before, yeah. which is kind of a surrealist cringe comedy. 
Um, you can see almost every New York movie in this movie. You can see the Safties. You can see Bombay. Absolutely. You can, you can see, see Spike the Lee in here. Absolutely. Um, there, there's this, you know, I think this is in a lot of ways a codex for a lot of New York filmmakers. I also just love that it's clearly the movie of a guy who's like, I've been rejected by Hollywood. Fuck it. I'm going to yeah, make yeah. my movie. Yeah. And also, like, it's just like the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, the, the bit where the dollar flies out of the window in the cab mm -hmm. and then he has to like work himself up to tell the cab <laughs> the, driver. Uh, that, the reveal of the dollar being in the, yes. the statue is yes. so good and then he rips it's it off. so good uh, well, well, well he's gonna rip it off immediately it's like a slow build up to like circumventing yeah. the town and then getting right back into the apartment you know, fuck it man I need that money it's, yeah. such, it's such a smart script because there's a bit that, the, the, like the way that he sets up and pays off jokes uh is, is genius stuff like the bit where yeah. the whole part of the movie where he thinks that hot the hot woman that he has come to this part of the city to see he thinks that Marcy. she's a burn, Marcy he thinks she's a burn victim yeah, yeah, yeah. and it like freaks him out yeah he's like lifting up like her blouse bit by bit like waiting to see a burn <laughs> and then and then he sees uh, a, a tattoo with a uh, of a skull with a sombrero on it that which is matches. what communicates to him that her boyfriend is the guy who gave him the keychain that has that yeah. exact thing. <laughs> Such a weird way to reveal that information. <laughs> <laughs> like, Remember so the, when the bartender who's her boyfriend is like, I mean, what did she do? She just, killed herself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're, I mean, at least it wasn't your fault. <laughs> a very great, a very sincere John Hurd performance yes. uh, as the bartender. Mm -hmm. from, uh, um, isn't that a guy from Boy Meets World? Isn't that that movie? Hey, it's possible. I haven't I seen it. Uh, main guy is American Werewolf in London. Yes, dude, who, yes. Who shows up progressively more and more rotten as the movie goes on. Yeah, great I, in that movie. This this movie is very interesting. It, it's it's really it's a series of set pieces because they filmed yeah. it in like one neighborhood mm -hmm. and he's just cycling back and forth between these different locations. Yes. And it is yeah. very video gamey in that way where it's like you have I a mean, new tool now that you can use to access. This level. Now's a good time to do my bit. <laughs> uh, I meant to do this during the Game Award uh, set piece to, to segue into this, but <laughs> after hours, the game? Come on. Good idea. The more that the game goes on, the more haggard you get, the harder it is to get pussy. To get laid, yeah. and, and so you're dealing with the two uh, barometers, like one increasing and one decreasing. And, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to get pussy early on. The, the grosser you get, the weirder, like the weirder pussy you, you have to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The weirder the pussy is, the grosser it's, you get. It's very, it's very <laughs> effective how he shoots Soho to make it seem like a labyrinth, right? Yeah, and absolutely. like all the buildings look the same. You've got the black cobblestone yeah. streets. It's kind of like the Odyssey. Well, you know? yeah, yeah. He's spending the whole time trying to get home. It doesn't feel uh, hospitable at all. Right. Um, but yeah, I think... <laughs> so he goes to this woman's house and she's living with this artist. Mm -hmm. She Marcy is is the Arquette uh, actress uh, or the, 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 the character actress that Rosanna playing. Arquette yeah. plays. And she says, oh, I'm living with this artist, and she makes these paper mache paperweights. Oh, my God. So, yes. like, why don't you come that down? That look and like get donuts. Look yeah. like, yeah, bagels or something. Yeah. And so he's like, why don't you, you should come over. She says, you should come over, which, like, I'll come, yeah. The, the way they incorporate that later on is surreal to an extent <laughs> that, that, like, rivals, like, Lynch's eraser yeah. head. <laughs> like, like, her, like, her, like, her bringing out the exact paperweight, the same shape and everything. She's like, this is my gift to you, specifically. Do you think David Lynch likes this? Absolutely. I, you, right? I, th I think Scorsese would have watched Blue Velvet and that would have informed the tone of this movie. Mm. I think that's it's what possible. happened. Um, um, yeah, it's <laughs> the the he meets uh, Kiki Bridges, who is this, you know, the sculpturist roommate that she has who like, you know, there's there's a way in which kind of every woman that Paul meets emasculates him in some yeah. way. And she's doing it kind of most overtly by being like, 
very kind of stoic and reserved and a bit like a I guess of a more masculine woman, mm-hmm. but then also being into like the bondage and stuff with the really funny Will Patton uh, cameo as Horst when uh, he comes in and the guy like the, the boyfriend. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's gonna happen here? <laughs> like, are, are they gonna tie him up and have the row with him? Or like, well, what's gonna happen? And she's like, and you left her. Like, isn't she like, oh, you left her? Go make it, make it right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was really rude of you. But 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 even him like coming into the apartment, Marcy's not there, so he's already thinking maybe I can pivot to the roommate mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and he starts to like give her a massage. That's and such a that's such a, that's such a New York nigga thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like he's like I've traveled so far. Yeah. I I'm but, gonna leave dude, here with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fact that like she she falls asleep and she and she's like, I mean, on the couch is like completely out, and then he knows that the roommate, the girl he's there to see, is coming back and decides, what's going to be a good look? What's going to make me look cool when she comes through the door? I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be posted up right next to the passed out girl, <laughs> and that's just going to be a cool way to see me in your apartment. Yeah. Now, um, now I, wa- I, I have to believe whoever wrote this script, and also Scorsese, I imagine Scorsese had a night like this. I feel like any man in New York City, gay, straight, anything, has had a night like this. Yes. And the well, get prepared to share it. I, I, <laughs> I, watching this movie, I felt so unbelievably seen. <laughs> Gotta, I gotta love. Uh, I love Griffin Dunn's performance in this. It's it's. There's a wonderful. Um, it's always fun to see like naturalistic performances in mm-hmm. older movies, and like obviously by this point we're well into that era. Like again, New Hollywood kind of like having um, more less theatrical type performances. But he's just he's so wonderfully like neurotic and and uh, nervous the whole time, and then the way his mania builds, yes. he winds up like monologuing to this dude who thinks. That thinks he's gonna pick him up on the street it's so funny he goes down the street he's kneeling crying out to god like why me i'm just a, a word processor and then the, and then he goes up to the guy he's like would you mind letting me use your phone he's like okay i'm just letting you know there's certain things i'm not going to do i'm god. not willing to do um but yeah like this monologue that he has this kind of wrathful like um and very cathartic uh uh, uh monologue um it's just it's it's great i mean i think it's like I like when he has these little bursts of mania. Yeah, yeah. Ah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, no, gradually, no! he goes to um, uh, uh, the... So he he's like, I'm just a relatable guy, and then he's like... Ah! You know. <laughs> he visits with four different women. And, mm-hmm. and the, and the, the, Who's your favorite? Go ahead, on the spot. Uh, Probably Who's Catherine probably? O'Hara. Right? Yeah, Catherine O'Hara is just crazy enough uh, well, to become no, hot. It's, it's five women, ain't it? Because I count the roommate. Roommate counts. Oh, that... Okay. Kiki Bridges is probably my favorite. Kind of flirting with him. I don't remember who that is. The, that's the artist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the artist is cool. I, I, I think... The artist is uh, very freaky. Probably. The artist is cool. I think she's she's like someone that you'd be like, yeah, you know, I... You know, I got with with her, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but then but then like she would never speak to you again. Right, so you'd it's never the kind of it's the kind of person you're you're like flirting with for a long time, and then you casually find out they're fucking like five other people. Yeah, you know that's exactly what it is. Catherine yeah. O'Hara is great in this. Uh, probably like she. I, I like that she's just kind of weird. You know, yeah. like she she like nothing that really like is anything dangerous she's not a for threat, him. You know? But then right. she keeps messing with his ability to remember the, the phone number extension that he's Which trying to Which is just a funny bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> yeah. And then he, ma- he uh, manages five, four, to seven, piss three. off enough women that he attracts an angry mob uh, yeah. to chase him throughout New York. <laughs> yeah. The whole bit at the gay club, right? We have to talk about this, obviously. He's is it a gay club? 
Oh, maybe not. It's like it's a leather. It's like a leather club. It's like an S and M. Yeah, it's a leather club. But he's trying to get in, and the, the bouncer has like some of the funniest lines. It's Mohawk night. <laughs> he takes he, his he money. He has a Mohawk. Well, I'm taking your money, so you don't feel you left anything untried. I'll give you the quarterback. <laughs> he's just <laughs> not gonna let him into the, into the club. Um, uh, man, pianos. That's like what it's like trying to get into pianos. Yeah. If you're listening. I like the guy who runs that uh, little like uh, like corner cafe too. Who's like flirting with the girl? He's there. This he's he's like very clearly like she's on a date, but he's still like blowing her kisses. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, she blows him a kiss and goes and catches it. Yeah, uh, the subway bit is maybe one of my favorite moments. The cop? Thing. No, when he's the like, immediate cop. When he's like he's like I like I only have one. No, it's like I only have ninety-seven 50, cents. Ninety-seven cents, yeah. and he's like can't let you in. Yeah. Who's going to know? Can I might chance. get drunk at a party and talk. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just, it's a movie that's full of, like, incredible bits in a way that almost could, like, even, like, SNL has, like, feels like it has this sort of, like, oh, we're going to make a, a skit about a guy yes. going downtown to try to meet a girl and his life is... But they would stretch it out and just, yeah. like, make it unfunny and, like, yeah, Andy, Andy I mean, Sandberg would come in and <laughs> do something. It's and interesting because you, you look at this and you're, and I, at one point I was watching it, I was like, this could have been a short film. Yeah. But it's but it feels like such an effective feature. There's something so timeless about like the story of like a guy who can't do anything right, who constantly has to take yes. the blame for stuff, who constantly gets things pinned on him, and at the end of the day, just has to go back to his life and kind of accept the fact that like shit is out of his control, and yeah. uh, you'll you'll never like. And he's gonna uh, do this again. Probably. He's I'm, gonna I'm do sure this he had again. The same weekend. The next. He's weekend. gonna do this again in like. Park Slope. Yeah. This is gonna happen he, to him again. He matched with some, you know, bedsty goth and went there, <laughs> and they were like a noise musician or something, and they wanted to take a little bit of his blood. This and, is the uh, let, let me not huh? relate my personal this is stuff. Oh. mention of this event. This is one. This is one of those movies that like no one should ever remake it, uh, but th- there is a version of this movie that could be made about. Pretty much any demographic. I think you should. Yeah. Re- I think you should remake it with Zach. Yeah, I would love to. But it, it has to be. What, what would be the worst neighborhood for Zach to end up in? Would it be like Brownsville? Washington Heights? Uh, <laughs> <Brownsville>. <laughs> he he goes to like Wichita, Kansas, <laughs> and like Salem for the weekend, yeah. and he gets like you know. But you know, oh, well, we, that's we made, like my dream. We made, fun of, we made fun of Andy Samberg, that's but Andy Samberg feels like he fits in this kind of movie. What, what is your favorite after hours? Uh, good time. What's your yeah, it has to be good time, right? Your favorite after hours. So I guess excluding good yeah. time, the uh, children of after hours. I think good time is the best. Yeah, one. good time. I is. wrote this in my in my review, but I the one time I've watched American Psycho, one of the biggest parts of it that sticks out in my memory is him running through the streets like a shooting people at the yeah. end, which this made me think of uh, v- Vampire's Kiss. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Nicholas Cage running through oh, the. Oh, yeah, never mind. Seen, never mind. No, okay. any any movie where a person is, is crazy. running through a street yeah, <laughs> is crazy. True. I even thought about like, I mean, you know, we've we've talked uh, as far back as our Skinamarink episode about um, you know liminal horror and the idea of like being in a transitional space, like the back rooms type thing. Mm-hmm. This feels a bit like that as well. It, 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 is there a horror after hours? Is there like this no. movie, but like in the horror genre? There is. Well, well let's let's no, rack our brains here. Right. Maybe the first Terrifier, how it's like all one night and they're like trying I to get home that. and like are that. You said you saw it. I saw two. Oh, you saw two. Two is awesome. Two when he jumps the bleach. Two on is head. fucking so good. 
I love Terrifier too. Everybody out there, that movie healed me. I watched two. In fact, <laughs> that movie not, was therapy. I watched two and not one because you told me one wasn't very good. One is not very good. Terrifier two is a masterpiece. <laughs> Fucking great. when he dumps the bleach on her brain. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I don't think I've ever laughed harder in a theater than that scene where he's he's killing Allie and he's killing her for like ten minutes straight. Bro, he me. just like keeps killing her. Bro, he's he, like, like leaves the room. <laughs> she tries to crawl up. <laughs> With, the with bleach and starts like porn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That fucking movie's so good. Oh my Every god! Time. I saw it twice in theaters. I couldn't believe how fucking funny. It Everything was. I hear about Terrifier is more gruesome. Than the last <laughs> he, he's he's killing this girl for like ten minutes straight. It's because they locked down over COVID. So what happened was they had the one actress and they had the one location, but they couldn't get like a whole crew to like do anything. So it was like a skeleton crew, and they just had the actress. And they were like, "We're just gonna shoot for two weeks, and it's just gonna be the same death scene, and we're just gonna see how." far we can go with it so like he like rips her arms off and like rips her nose off and like rips her brain out <laughs> he's just, like, he just keeps killing he like kills her enough to like enough that would have killed like five people and she's like still alive at the end like, oh, like crawling oh my but god then the bleach hits her she's like ah <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie's great oh my god she, no, she's still alive. Like uh, two scenes later, when her, she, when her mom comes wait, to them, she's yes, like, that's ah, true. She's yes, still alive. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Terrifier two, great flick. Oh, so it would have been so three. funny if at the very end, if, if at Terrifier three, the movie opens and like she's still alive. <laughs> she's like recovering, and he's coming after. Her. Oh my god. Um, oh, man. Look, Maybe after hours, Terrifier is, two against is, me. Is, yeah. is, it's a good movie. I, I would watch it. Again. I think I've seen it four times. It's uh, this is an immortal for me. Really good. It's really an, good it's movie. An, it's an immortal. It's an immortal for me as well. I haven't given, like, usually on first watches, I'm not like, fi- even if I really like it, I'm rarely like a five star. Well, well, tell, Unless me, I, tell me why you liked it so much. I You don't give uh, five stars out easy. So what, no, what, what's it you, you, you famously will be like a love, love, love this movie four stars. <laughs> <laughs> so what like, was it about this movie? I think I was, I think I was surprised by it, okay. um, which I think is part of it. I think, you know, you... I'll go into like a Wong Kar Wai movie, and I know I love Wong Kar Wai, so yeah. even if it's my first time watching the movie, I'm predisposed maybe to give it a higher ranking. With Scorsese, I know him as a director. I know his work, and I know he's a great director, but I came into this, and I watched it, and I was like, this is so different mm-hmm. from anything else I've seen Scorsese. It's, it's him playing Lynch, kind of. And it's great kinda, yeah, that I, doing I a comedy. feel obligated. Like, it's amazing. Like I, I, and I don't know if it's actually his greatest or even my favorite you know, Scorsese. Right now it is. If I rewatch other stuff, we'd see, but... Um, it's I a think solid I pick, I think, for favorite. We'll, we'll get into it briefly in a second. We're about to do our tier yeah. list. Yeah. yeah well, let, let, let's get let's get the ranking. Dan, what's your ranking for after hours? Just beneath immortal. Reanimate. We is reanimate. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I thought there was one in one. between. Um, but, but yeah, a high. You could also just stop being a loser and make. Wow. It wow. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll try, I'll try and get really cool before the next episode. Paul can get hurt. Let's do our Scorsese tier list real fast. We have taken time to create a tier list of the Scorsese movies that we've seen from F to S rank. Um, I think maybe I've seen the least. No, I think I have. Oh. I've seen t- 10 Scorsese features. I've also seen 10, but they may not be the same 10. Yeah, I have 15 on here. Okay. And they don't have killers on here. That's true. Oh, so right. So I'll place killers have, uh, They do have Irishman. I'll put killers mentally somewhere. All right. Um, so I guess what we'll do first is we'll go to the have yet to see for each of us first just so we can take everything off the table all right right off the fucking i have yet to see alice has doesn't live here anymore silence boxcar bertha new york new york because no one can see it uh bringing out the dead cape fear i've seen half of lavish temptation of christ casino uh color of money departed 
uh, Kundun, Gangs of New York, Shudder, uh, Age of Innocence, and that knocking at my door. I, yeah, pretty much. I haven't seen Casino. I haven't seen New York, New York, Bringing Out the Dead, The Color of Money, Gangs of New York, Hugo, Kundun, Silence, Age of Innocence, Wolf of Wall Street, Knocking at My Door, Boxcar, Bertha, King of Comedy, Mean Streets. First movie. And uh, Aviator, I've seen portions of, but not enough to really say I've seen it. So I just moved it back to that column, that gotcha. row. I mean. Say, Last Temptation of Christ situation. I've seen half. Yeah, of that I did watch actually in school. Um, I've never even heard of Come Done, but mm, uh, the ones I haven't seen are The Departed, Bringing Out the Dead, Gangs of New York, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Who's that knocking on my door? Uh, the Color of Money, uh, New York, New York, and Silence. And cool. Come Done, like I said. Any, uh, but sh- should I just anyone have an F tier? No, uh, the lowest I have any of is the, the two lowest movies I have are in D tier, and that's Boxcar Bertha and The Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, interesting. Uh, I just think Last Temptation's boring. Um, interesting. And okay. Bo- Boxcar Bertha has a really strong ending. You weren't uh, raised with religious guilt. Yeah, Boxcar Bertha has a really great ending. Uh, but I, the movie is all I mean, it's his first movie. You can tell it's just mm. kind of rough around the edges. It's, it's very um, quaint. Mm. It's very, uh, it, it's likable. Mm. It's got a charm to it. Uh, but uh, I'm going to start with my S tier, just kind of bang these out. Goodfellas, Age of Innocence, Taxi Driver. This is a cool. very Danny Meddy S tier here. Uh, a tier, After Hours, King of Comedy, Mean Streets, Cape Fear, and Raging Bull. Cool. Um, B tier, I'm going The Aviator, The Irishman, Casino, and Shutter Island. Movies, I, I like all of those a lot. C tier is where they begin to be movies I'm not like crazy about. I just have Hugo and The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, interesting. Not crazy about those movies. And D tier are the ones that I think kind of I start to just like pretty much not enjoy. Killers. Um, oh, Killers of the Flower. Okay, so it's, yeah, I would put Killers of the Flower Moon in A tier, I think. Cool. Um, D tier, I got Boxcar Bertha, Last Temptation of Christ. Cool. On to Mr. Winley here. Uh, from bottom, I'll go up. C tier is The Irishman and The Last Temptation. Um, wow. Again, the Irishman. You don't like Jesus? <laughs> I don't know. If hey, I'm, I hate Jesus. that fucking guy. <laughs> um, uh, Irishman again because it's just I I need to rewatch it with a clearer understanding of what's going on. Um, B tier is the tier kind of for movies that I know I have seen, but it's been a little bit, and I've only seen them one time. Well, except for with with one exception. So at B tier, I have Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, and Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Goodfellas and B at least twice. Wow. Goodfellas oh, has. Yo, I'm, a, I'm gonna call Jude. And he's gonna kill you. Oh <laughs> That's man. That's his favorite movie. Goodfellas, Goodfellas and B is crazy. To move up, I will say I am one of those guys who, when I think of mafia movies, I think Godfather first. Okay. I know they're they're not Me meant to be compared, but no, but they are. They're they the two are. best mob movies. Um, I think of my cousin Vinny personally. My A tier is kind of random. I don't know if this is because of. One of these is because I really like the full movie. The other one is because I remember the performances. Uh, so one is The Departed. Uh, oh, yeah. Flower Moon would also be up here. And gotcha. then Cape Fear. Just Cape Fear is awesome. I like Cape. And De Niro is really scary in that. And also Nick Nolte is like funny and being like and a cool And it's like got that. lots of silly choices like De Niro yeah. like walking right into the camera. You know, that part, <laughs> that part's really funny. Uh, and then S tier for now, After Hours and Raging Bull. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have nothing in F or D tier. Um, because I haven't seen some of the turkeys. Mm. Uh, I'd say C tier, Aviator, and Hugo, both really interesting movies about the history of cinema. Uh, Aviator's cool. Way of the future. The I, way of the future. I, you know, I, I always say I almost kind of wanted to see the Chris Nolan competing uh, Howard Hughes movie that was coming out at the same time mm-hmm. with Carrie. I wonder if that, what that would have done to my opinions on it. Uh, and Hugo is 
I love the Hugo Cabaret book. I just don't love I the do movie. I do too, man. I met the uh, author. Did you? I was like, yeah, I went to her school cool. book fair. I got him to sign my wow. Hugo Cabaret book. I think book. that book is That incredible. book is awesome. That book is one of the reasons I love movies. It's uh, so cool. George Millier's I love you. George Millier's. Uh, Papa has made movies. B, uh, my most recent watch, Mean Streets, uh, mm. an Irish Great movie. Flick. Kind of a good coda for each other. Um, a tier, I would say, it's Taxi Driver, Wolf, and King of Comedy. Uh... Taxi Driver and King of Comedy were two that I had to watch in film school, and Wolf is the first Scorsese movie I ever watched. Uh, in S tier, I have Goodfellas, Raging Bull, After Hours. I think it's a it's a on some days it's Raging Bull, on some days it's After Hours. I could probably watch Raging Bull any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Like Raging Bull, I could, Bull's I great. could pop, Raging Bull is a movie that's about an incredibly difficult subject matter, but it's just one of the more. But the more you movies. watch it, the funnier it gets. It's like it's, his character is so ridiculous. He, he's like beating up Joe Pesci because he thinks he, he could dips, fuck his when wife. When he dips his balls in ice, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I also just think that when he's trying to do stand up and he's like bombing and, and like <laughs> he starts like picking a fight with the heckler. It's one. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite uh, uh, Thelma Schoonmaker cuts too, where. Yeah. He's giving that shitty Shakespeare thing at the beginning, and then he goes, "That's entertainment." And they cut to Lamada getting hit in the face, and he goes, "That's mm. entertainment." And I was like, "Oh man!" And Let, famously, the camera work and the actual boxing, like dude, the, the reverse he tracking shots, fired someone because Ray. Uh, the, you never got me down, he, Ray. He you fired never got someone because it looked too much like uh, one of the shots looked too much like Rocky. Mm. Um, That's why so. they shot it in black and white. Didn't want it to look mm. like Rocky. Uh, maybe one day, Winley and I will make a. A partner film to Raging Bull. Mm. We've talked uh, about it. We have talked about it. Um, but that's my ranking. Uh, any last thoughts on Scorsese other than he's the best? No, man. I mean, like Dan said, if he's kind of sexy. Yeah, Flower Moon <laughs> is his last movie. It's a incredible way to go out. Um, Can we admit that he's a handsome man? It's good. Can he's we give him yeah. that? He was a good looking guy in his day. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I was ate. He ate that. I would say I would say <laughs> slay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I would say uh, <laughs> I would also like to say Francesco Scorsese, Scorsese. Thank you so much for your uh, for for giving us so much of your father. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Francesco, I come on the show. Yeah, we could get friend of the show. Yeah, oh, he's definitely good. Oh, we 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 we're like one degree removed from her. Yeah, we could do it. Yeah, on a few different directions. We yeah. we hope that uh, we are an S tier podcast for you, friends. Uh, thank you so much for tuning Jesus. in and listening to us. Uh, if, you, if you like what you heard, you can catch more cinema uh, dissections across YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Podbean app. Please rate and review the show wherever you get it. And uh, we'll be back later this month with uh, Zach's picks. Uh huh. He's gonna he's gonna have us go back to Guillermo. You'll never tomorrow. guess. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, what's it going to be? Um, we're doing a lot of director. director we are. Director and then, we're, then I guess we'll do... Uh, my, my episode will not be the same director. Whatever it is, it's going to be two different people. Oh, what do, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. Okay. 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 And then we'll do our end of the year where we'll invite a guest on, I assume. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Later, guys. Goodbye. Bye.